What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema. This is episode 245, where tonight we will discuss Cop Shop, available theatrically, and Cry Macho, the newest Clint Eastwood flick available theatrically and HBO Max streaming service. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me as always... I'm Roger Stillian. I tried to switch it up. Yeah, I tried to switch it up, guys. Sorry, we'll get that. I don't know why you did that. You didn't tell us! Well, I was trying to... Okay, gentlemen, say hello. I have it all scripted out. All right. Good. (laughs) Gentlemen, say hello. (laughs) How are we, guys? How was your week, Roger and Chris? What did you guys do? Mm, I spent the day drinking and watching sports on television. That's always been incredible. That's Uh, I mean, that sounds like a Sunday for a lot of people. That's right. I worked. My daughters had their first uh, session of swim lessons. Ooh, how was that? Actually, it went really well. Good. Surprisingly, even for my three-year-old, because she we, we thought that was going to be bad, and she had a great time. And then um, I missed my family reunion today, so I could work. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's not good. You feel real good about that? I actually do. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love my family reunions, and I'll tell you why. I have a crazy, I have a crazy distant relative who always, and Roger, you're going to love this, he always rocks up. He, he comes down the driveway. We always do it the same okay. thing. Does he have cocaine? Every he comes time? down the driveway way too drugs and no. <laughs> He always comes down the driveway way too quick, pulls his car, and like he does like a weird like he looks like flips it in and then opens the trunk. He's like, who wants to shoot guns? Come on, come on over. I got a bunch of guns. That's always on a farm in Iowa. And it's just that guy, he rules, but I'm pretty I'm sure also, chicks. So I, I also sure he's a little crazy because he's just like, Who wants to shoot guns? I got guns and ammo here and just piled in his <laughs> Whose guns are these? <laughs> I don't ask questions. I just shoot guns. I think it's fun. I mean, yeah, sure. Guns are rule. But yeah, that's okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's been a, it's kind of a quiet week. Uh, I watched some stuff on, I watched some, I can't remember what I watched. I watched a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I, I rewatched some of the Pacific. I'm okay. Through that. Um, really, I'm really, because I just watched Band of Brothers a few weeks ago. Good. I Pacific. I love the Pacific. I mean, I don't love it like I love Band of Brothers, but it's, it's just damn good television. I mean, I think the Pacific is great. It's just not quite as good as Band of Brothers, and that hurts it a little bit because I mean the bar is set so high. It's I mean I agree. I agree. I mean, Band of Brothers is, is a ten, and I mean Pacific probably rolls in about like an eight and a half or a nine. It just it just falls short. Anywhere right. between a seven and a nine, I think you could rate Pacific okay, and be fine. And then you know what? I was scrolling through Amazon and I said, you know what? I haven't seen this movie in a while. I was pretty hard on it when I watched it. I'm going to give it a go. That hard movie on. that movie was an Adam Sandler movie called Jack and Jill. And oh, God. That's one of the worst movies ever made. Dude, Jack and Jill is... It's a legit zero. Yeah, that's... I cannot believe... Now, when I watch a movie and I'm very upset, years go by, I'll rewatch it, and I'm like, you know what? I don't hate as much as I did. I hate this movie as much as I did, even more... Because it is just stupid. It's a negative two on your rating scale now. It might be the first movie I'd ever rate a negative one if I was going to rate something, Ooh. but it's not the it's one bad. part. The one part I do love is Al Pacino, and then his like his music video for Dunkin' Donuts and like the last few minutes of it, and then you watch it, and then he's talking to Adam Sandler, who's for some reason this music producer, and Al's like, after getting done watching it, he's like, "Well, what, what do you what do you think, Al? I, I got to cut two more seconds out." Al looks at him and goes, "Burn every copy of this." I don't ever want to see this in public. It's just funny because it's like that's so Al Pacino and like Adam Sandler is so Adam Sandler. It's just that movie is horrifically bad. I, yeah, it's awful. I even stopped it one time to like regather my thoughts from when it came out. I'm like, is this movie really always this bad? Yeah, it I, is. 
I've never done that before. Oh man! But what was like time to watch Jack and Jill, Chris? Have you ever seen Jack and Jill? Uh, I, I have. I have seen that movie. It is bad. It I is. actually finished that movie. That's, yeah, that, that's okay. Uh, I was gonna say uh, something we watched this week in the store was we just watched uh, two out of three of the Lord of the Rings. Movies. We did. Great. We did. Hit, listen, next Thursday we'll pick up with. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll go for uh, the last one. We're gonna turn to the king, king, and then. Uh, the if it doesn't take 19 hours, we'll slide into the hobby. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. Legitimately, we started watching um, Fellowship at, what, like 11? Yeah. The last movie ended at like 6.49. Yeah, it was almost <laughs> done, yeah. And we closed at 7. It was incredible. So something that I didn't really know about about that movie, just because, of you know, we always turn it off when it's when like the movie's over. The credits for that movie are like 25 oh, minutes Oh, Christ, long. they're long. It's like legitimately like like ten plus minutes of credits. Well, so when so right before the Hobbit came out, they released in theaters. You could buy it was a one time. It was a one day only. It was a Saturday, and the tickets were twenty bucks. And it was all three of the of the Ring trilogy films back to back to back. The extended versions, but it, it, but it, it started at ten a.m. So it started at ten a.m. And I, I went with, uh, I took someone to go. And excuse me, I'm. Whew. He's getting emotional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's weeping, right. openly weeping. Stop to sneeze. So we watched <laughs> Fel- we watched Fellowship, and then the credits rolled. And we watched Two Towers, and as soon as the Two Towers, as soon as like the camera pans up out of the forest, when Gollum's like, "Follow me," we went to go to Wendy's. Yikes. We went to go to Wendy's, and we got stuck in traffic. We went through Wendy's drive-through. Mind you, Wendy's is like a mile away from the movie. Less than, yeah. less than that. Less, less than that. Yeah. But and it's and we so we were in Wendy's drive-through for like ten minutes, fifteen minutes. We got back to the theater and then I started chatting up because I was working there at the time. That was two thousand twelve, and I started. I was chatting with my boss for a second. He's like, "Hey, can you cover the shift on this date?" And I'm like, "Yeah, probably." Um, and then we went back in the theater, and the credits were still fucking yeah. rolling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For two hours, my what? goodness, we were, we were gone for legitimately like twenty five minutes. I thought when I said those credits are legitimately twenty five plus minutes long. But well, let me ask you guys now: twenty years after the trilogy has, you know, basically twenty years after, yeah, yeah. Do you guys I mean whenever I watch trilogy, I'm still like, this is still fantastic. So the only qualm I think we came up with as a group is the CGI is looking kind of rough now. Yeah. Well, you gotta remember, um, I mean, the movie first, itself was incredible. Uh, obviously. Yep. They started shooting those first few. They started shooting um, Fellowship in '99. Yeah, I mean, and it, it definitely it just it looks like it was filmed yeah. then. That's yep. all. But you know, I, mean, I love the the, fel- the Fellowship is the most practical out of the three. Meaning, it has the most practical like built sets and like less CGI. But as it goes on, of course, Return of the King is almost all CGI by that point. But I the Fellowship my favorite because it's a lot of it's practical and you can tell. There's a big difference between CGI back then and practical. Practical back then still ruled the roost because like yeah. CGI was still like, I mean, Gollum looks in some of those scenes. If you watch, if you put it up on your TV and watch it in 4K, like Gollum still kind of looks kind of bad. Sure. In some, in some of those shots because it's so it's such dated technology. I well, mean, some of the elf magic stuff was yeah. Like, yeah Gladriel looked really yeah rough. when she's like yeah. oh it's like oh no <laughs> she's got like the weird crazy remember like, the crazy eye thing she's got going on I did not like it at oh, all when she when, so, she when she passed her test when she didn't take the ring yeah 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 those those were just I'm, I recently watched the Hobbit which I just you know it's funny so the Fellowship and the last Hobbit movie are my favorite of the set like those are my two so it it goes. 
It goes 2001 to 2014. Those are my favorites. And like, it goes literally in that order. Of, Not Return of the King? Wow. I mean, I, I do like Two Tower of Return of the King. I just think the last Hobbit movie is really strong. My favorite is, is uh, Two Towers, so I can't say anything. Fair. See, I have so many problems with Two Towers, but oh, no, I don't so know. Good. No, there weren't enough movie professions. That was the problem. There was <laughs> having to be a third tower. Yes, there needed to be at least a third or fourth tower. <laughs> it's either one or five. That's it. No, but like, I mean, those movies, those movies bullshit. Those movies are still like just creme de la creme. Like they, it was really it was a great was. way to pass the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. There were people standing around watching this Lord of the Rings. Yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> That's what it was. What movie did you have, Roger? When I briefly worked at H.H. Gregg when you were there. What was – you always had a movie you threw. Was it Star Trek, the Blu-ray? Oh, yeah. We always watched um, the okay. first Star Trek Blu-ray. I heard that movie looks really good in 4K. It did. Yeah. Um, and we used to use it as our um, our Bose display. We used to use um, the where he seals the car with the Beastie Boys song as our sound thing. Okay. As one of our sound demos. And then we did the one at the end where they would come out of the time portal thing. And they would shoot the torpedoes. They were coming towards Spock's ship because it sounded so goddamn good. Oh, yeah. I remember you did that, that one. That could that could sell stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember someone did that to try to sell a TV, and they cranked it up so high. I was at the front. Everybody of the- in the store would <laughs> know what's going. I was way at the front of the store, and it sounded like it was in my eardrum. That's how loud it was. <laughs> Time space continuum was been interrupted in the back of the store. <laughs> uh, yeah, but man, okay, well, it was a good. You know, I I would I love to watch. You know, they're working on. I just saw a post somewhere. Says uh, the Lord of the Rings 8K will be available in, in like two or two or three years. Why? It's like I mean, even... I mean, sure, fine, whatever. But will it also be like... ninety-seven extra minutes long? It better be cool. <laughs> we found forty-seven more reels of film <laughs> to reset. How? No, I mean, Where did you find this? Well, Jackson always says he has he has more footage. But what? okay, listen, I I love the Lord of the Rings. Do we really need a nineteen-hour cut? Like, is that a thing? Well, so, Chris is aggressively them, nodding his head over here. So all of them back-to-back, I mean, that thing started at Marquee at 10 a.m., and it didn't get over until, like, 11.49 p.m. Yeah, it's it's legitimately all day. And no one was shocked. Yeah. No, we no, get it. Well, there, I remember there, the first there, time there, I ever did it, like, back on the day. We had them on VHS tapes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. But my buddy's house, like, we, we decided we are going to hang out and watch this. So we started at, like, noon, and it was, like, almost 3 in the morning. And one buddy who has no little rings was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. He's like... How long is this? No, I remember like I, I legitimately fell asleep on the couch for like half a movie. <laughs> Woke up and was like, cool, it's still the second one. <laughs> Those movies are so good. I man, I cannot wait till one day we get a more extended version of more extended. <laughs> the Ring Trilogy. That's what it should be called. I'm really excited for the Amazon show that you know I think I just read recently somewhere that that. So for the first two seasons of the Lord of the Rings, so I, I'm assuming what are ten episode seasons, are is four hundred and sixty million dollars for for twenty episodes. So about twenty two an episode. That's in, that's like that's over Game of Thrones numbers. That's it is, but I mean that's I mean, it makes sense because like that Apple TV show, the morning show, costs like fifteen point five million an episode. So that doesn't really surprise me. So much money. That's is it though? If somebody, if they came out and said, "Hey, we're making another Lord of the Rings movie, and it's going to cost half a billion dollars," 
Would you really be that surprised? No, not at all. But no, I guess not. I mean, especially because it's technically the equivalent of two movies. So say it costs two twenty. Yeah. I mean, that's cheaper than half the movies we watched in the past two months. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm, expensive. I'm, yes, it's just not. In relative terms, it makes sense. Yeah. I hope it pays off for Amazon, though, because, I mean, it's that's a big... Not that <laughs> Listen, they're hurting for If money. Amazon takes a $400 million loss, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither, neither, neither does Amazon, because, I mean, they, they, you know... They no, they don't either. Billions are there. Like, whatever. Yeah, he's like, they oh, they thought they, they thought they asked him for $500 million. They said 460 He's like, oh, all right, yeah, sure. I'm going to need that $20 million back. <laughs> I was ready, uh, ready to cut a check for a little higher than that, but all right. <laughs> All right, sure this is the number, right? This is a little, a little, a little long-winded of an opening, but I want to see my office again about more money. How much do you need? This is episode two hundred and forty-five of Four of Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. Which post each and every Tuesday at five AM on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers, and movies of the week. Gentlemen, let's jump into the box office. It's kind of a slow week. It's kind of a very slow weekend, but. Mm. Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings bringing in $13.3 million, bringing its worldwide gross to $363. Chalking right along. Pretty good. Dear Evan Hansen opening up to what I mean, most would consider kind of a, a slow start. $7.5 million, bringing its worldwide to $7.5 million. <laughs> All right. Free Guy, $4.1 million, 317 worldwide. That's a, that's a good number. For Wait, so Free Guy made half as much as... Uh... Evan Hansen? Yes. Well, awesome. a little over half, yeah. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> Candyman, 2.5 million, bring us worldwide to 71. And Cry Macho, or as Roger likes to say, My, my Cracho. 2.1 million. Get ready for that joke, folks. You're, it's a, child. You're a child. For, for a worldwide of 9.1 million. With Clint Eastwood. Yeah. That's his latest flick, but. I think we're going to be fairly divisive on that one. Kind of excites me a little bit because we have different viewpoints on it. Okay. All right, let's look at what's coming out. I don't think there's any major shakeups. This past weekend brought us Dear Evan Hansen, a bunch of stuff on streaming. October 1, which is this coming Friday, Roger, get excited because we have The Adams Family 2. Good. Hotel Transylvania, Transformania on Amazon. Don't care about that. The Many Saints of Newark. Okay, I do care about that. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. So next Friday, I kind of wanted to ask you guys, probably should ask you before the show, do you want to split that up? or Because as Adam's Family, Venom, and Many Saints of Newark, we should probably not, we should probably cover all of those. Just saying. But That's just a tough run. Food, food for thought. Maybe we can do two episodes. I'm good, I'm good with busting out like two of the three because I can make know. sure that I can do that. Three's rough. Three. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to do three anyway. That's a lot. Uh, no, yeah, three theatricals. Oof. That's almost undoable. All right, the next Friday, New Time to Die, a small little movie you may have heard of, James Bond. October 15th, Halloween Kills, which we're going to talk about the final trailer today, The Last Duel, which I am very excited for The Last Duel. I've been reading a lot about that. And then, give it to me, you cowards, the time has finally come. Dune, October 22nd, with Ron's Gone Wrong. And October 29th, Last Night in Soho, November starting off strong with The Eternals. And then, oh my goodness, November 10th, which is a Wednesday, has Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, my God, look who's back. <laughs> look who's back. So, Clifford is definitely a kaiju, right? Yeah. Were yeah. you there for a while? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm trucking right along November. Red Notice, that's a Friday. That's a Netflix movie we talked about last week with The Rock and um, Ryan Reynolds. And then November 19th, we'll stop there. Ghostbusters Afterlife and King Richard, that Will Smith movie. 
All right, that's a little bit about what's coming. We got a big slate coming. I think up. that King Richard movie might be good. I think like no, that's definitely the Williams family movie. I think that might be good. That's definitely looking for Oscar bait for sure. Uh, definitely wants to win some Oscars. That is for sure. Let's get into what's streaming today. We're resetting, going back to Netflix. And Chris, I did this for you. I hope you can find two and a half, two hours and seven minutes of your time to block out to watch Wind River by director Taylor Sheridan. Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen, Graham, Graham Greene came out in 2017. How that depressed is- are you at this point in your at right right now, I'm knocking on the door of crippling, but I, I'm barely functioning. Maybe late, maybe delay it a week or so. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good functional. God, that's a good, that's good. movie. <laughs> that is, I think that is the undisputed champ of best movie of 2017. But I, obviously, the Academy didn't agree with me. But that is a hell of a movie. That's available on Netflix. Uh, going with the Clint Eastwood, the Outlaw, Josie Wales by director Clint Eastwood. He him himself, then it Clint Eastwood, Sandra Locke. Chief Dan George, 1976. There's a classic one for you. And another Clint Eastwood baby, Million Dollar Baby, also by director Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, Hilary Swank, who I sat next to and didn't tell to watch, listen to my podcast. Morgan Freeman, Jay Baruchel, (laughs) Anthony Mackie, Michael Pena, Margot Martindale, 2004. So obviously it's a heavy Clint Eastwood week, but the man The movie's excellent, by the way. Oh, that movie's phenomenal. It really is. Uh, Before we get into some trailers... Roger, let's talk. Tell everyone about a, a little movie that finally received a voice cast. Now you want to talk about Mario for a minute? Ugh. Let's talk about Mario. Let's let, let, let's keep the discussion to five minutes, or we will talk about this for hours. Let's talk five minutes or less, and then we'll move on. So Mario is coming. Um, I believe I brought this up a while ago. I don't know if it was on the show or to you guys personally, but it's been in the works by um, Illumination, the the people that did um, all the Minions movies. Illumination, yeah. Um, it's Mario, and it ought to be incredible. It better so here's, be. So the voice cast was just revealed. Anna Taylor Joy is Princess Peach. Sure, yeah, no problems. Chris Pratt, Mario. This is where people seem not to like perfect cast. Well, let's 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 let, let me get through the list. Keep going. Okay. Sure. Jack Black is Bowser. No problem. Seth, with that. Seth Rogen, Donkey Kong. Boo. Michael. Oh, Ke- is weird. Or sorry, Keegan Michael Key is Toad. Good. Uh, maybe <laughs> Charlie Day is Luigi. That's the one voice. I'm like, okay, that's they nailed that one. I got, I'll, I'll give them that one. I can see Charlie Day is like Waluigi. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. No problem with that. I don't know who Kemic is in the Mario lore. That's Kevin Michael Richardson, um, and Sebastian Meniscalco is Spike. I don't know who that is, but it's one of the Bowser. Spike is one of the Bowser kids. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then that's that's and then that's where the IMDb page voice stops. So what do you guys th- think about that? I think Kemic is the um is the little wizard dude that flies on the. Board. Oh, he is. You're that. That's got to be him. Okay. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. What do you What do you guys think? Give me your Give me your thoughts. Um, I, I mean, I don't really have any issues with it, but there apparently are many people that don't like Chris Pratt here, as. Here are my thoughts. Mario. Seth Rogen looks weird with no hair. He does. I don't like the picture they use. Yeah, there's a picture. There's a picture of him, and it's like he's got really like thinly cropped, like shaved head. He's like weirdly attractive. All of a sudden, I don't like it. I don't like. Really, it. He really alphaed out on you. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I think Jack Black as Bowser is really good. I think Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong can work. I oddly like Seth Rogen as what was he Pumbaa on the, in the Lion King live action? 
I yeah, always thought, that movie I had too many problems anyway. That was I don't think, but I always thought this was it. not the problem. No, not the problem. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with some of the lesser ones, but I think the one that everyone's going to freak out over is Mario because Mario historically doesn't have a voice a lot of the time. He did on the animated show. So yeah, the animated show, like there was quite a bit of stuff there. I mean, he had full dialogue. So let me ask you this: Sure, who do you think Mario should be? If well, it's see, not Chris Pratt. so that's the problem, right? Yeah. Like whenever when they announce it's Chris Pratt, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then I see all this shit. I'm like, I can't believe Chris Pratt is Mario. Not one other person suggested a better person. Yeah, exactly. than Mario. Yeah, yeah that's my they point. Just, they just don't like that it's Chris Pratt. Yeah. Listen, I'm indifferent. As long as I see the movie and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. If it sucks, I'll blame him. Sure, fine. <laughs> and he deserves it. But he hasn't done the voice. Like, we don't know what he yeah. sounds like doing it. So, But here's the thing. Here's the thing that gives me hope. And it's the same thing that gives me hope for, like, the upcoming Borderlands movie, the, you know, The Last of Us show on HBO, um, all kinds of video games being made into live action adaptions. Which, by the way, there's some pretty cool news I want to talk about after this. But I... So Miyamoto and Nintendo have 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 creative hand in this. That's one do. thing. That's the one thing that gives me hope is this is not the 1990 movie. No, with this is where, full on Nintendo sponsor. We want this to be our vision. Where, so, as you as famously you remember, you know Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo have both like said that is their big embarrassment of their careers was that yeah. movie. Now, what happens if this movie is just a giant Nintendo commercial, though? Because, like, because because it happened in um, I don't think it, happened, it, be, it happened in Wreck It Ralph two, and it happened in Space Jam. Space Jam was, was just, really bad. It was just this just splooge fest of look at our stuff, and it was and it, I, the movie almost suffers because of it. Not almost. Yeah. Well, it just it well it, one of the reasons why it suffered. I just don't want this to be that. This need. I mean, and. You talked about the Borderlands movie and all the other, like, you know, the voice cast stuff that's coming out. The problem with Mario is there's not really a... It's, uh, Roger said it. He's a silent uh, protagonist. Every character doesn't really talk in the Mario. Well, here's the thing. I don't want to say... I don't want to make some sweeping statement I can't back up because I don't know the Mario lore. But for the, for the few, I can... There's lots of Mario stuff that I can, in my head, reference that he does not... That other people in the thing talk and he doesn't. And I'm... So, I would prefer Mario, but I don't know how you make this movie and have Mario be a silent protagonist. Yeah, I don't know well, it's me, that. Mario. That's all he's got to say. <laughs> it's a me. That's it's all, a it's me. all it's got to be. Mario. It's just, it's one of those things where, where people, like, when we get excited about the casting for Borderlands as video game fans on top of being movie fans, sure. is that, that these characters in the Borderlands universe, they have voices. They yes. have personalities. We then, know what they say. And, and we see the people that are getting voice cast. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yes, that's exciting. There's not really anything to go off of this. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how this is going to sound on its own, not to mention what it's going to be like to actually hear these characters interact with each other because it's never happened before. I just think it's going to be one of those. I mean, and plus we have a very important bet. 50 bucks riding on the fact that this thing makes $200 million opening weekend, or in the first two weeks. This in the first two weeks, $200 million. I don't think. Yes. I mean... That's fine. That's a, that's I mean, if, if it was, that's like betting on a third uh, Minions movie or whatever to make yeah. that. And it would. Um, so we don't, but the thing is, we don't really, I don't have any reason. Well, I personally, I'll be, I don't want to speak for you guys. I wasn't the biggest fan of Minions, but those movies did okay. And they, they make were, a ton of money though. And for, for, for what they are, they're clever and they're fun. And, you know, the dialogue works and they, they, they as the an humor, adult, they're watchable kids movies. That's what I'm saying. That's, the that's humor, fine. The that's humor is deep. legitimately funny. So until they, until until this movie comes out and it's like, well, it looked beautiful, but it wasn't Mario. I don't. 
I can't really say because I mean I'm happy that Nintendo is involved in this, and a lot of people from Nintendo corporate are involved in, in you know the everyday making of this. So I'm excited for for, for that. If that's the case, though, that it's it's um it's beautiful, but it's not Nintendo. This might be one you watch on mute. <laughs> you know, just kind of like, oh, all right, you know, they I'm can't, playing you know. the game. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, this, who who knows? It could be great. It could be not. All we have now is a voice cast. But I have no reason to. Even though I think it's weird, Chris Bryant, what if he knocks it out the park? Well, like, I hope he does. I don't want this to suck. Well, that, that's the thing, right? Like everybody, most a lot of people are just like, I don't like Chris Pratt, which is weird because numbers say that you do because everybody watches the movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, but well, here's the thing: some of it's politically based because apparently he doesn't line up with a lot of current political things, and that is people make their own decisions on that. Yep. It is what it is. Yeah. But listen, if that's the reason you don't want him to be Mario before you've heard him do the Mario stuff, that's stupid. That's on you. No, 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 that's right. That's, that's, that's on mean, you, not him. That's the whole thing. Is like, oh, I don't like him to be Mario because I don't, I don't like him. Well, do you have a better argument than that? Or, <laughs> I mean, it's you know the whole like presidential debate. I, I don't want to get super political, but to say you don't like a president because they're a vile, because they're just a nasty human being, well, that's one thing. But what about their policies? The one thing they're running on is their policy. You know what I mean? Like that's the whole thing with Chris Pratt. Is if you have a problem with Chris Pratt, you don't like him, but his. You know, Chris Pratt does a pretty like good like Star Lord, you liar. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the one that almost lost us the universe, but sure, sure. But almost. <laughs> but almost. he does a he does a good like surprise, like boyish, everyman kind of silly guy. Like if that's what they're going for, then that's what they're going for. Just Shit, I don't know. Something. The okay. only advertising they'd be okay with this with this uh, Mario movie being is is like miniature callouts to like, other Mario games. Like, what if there's a kart race? You know, you can can rest assured. You can rest assured there will be a reference to Mario Kart. I bet you there's not a reference to Super Mario Two though. (laughs) Well, that's one they. There is no Super Mario Two, or that's all it is. Oh Oh, God! (laughs) Oh my Uh, God! Who knows? But Mario is, I mean, arguably the most successful game franchise in history. So, I don't even know if that's arguable. That's arguable. There's a lot of big things out there. Mario pisses on them. <laughs> it does. It's true. Call of Duty might be the only thing that makes more money. I, I, I know that. I do know that. Only because it's yearly released. Yep. Some, something we haven't talked about, but I do know that Sony has recently established Sony Pictures, uh, an, an arm of their PlayStation division that is going to is solely tasked with um, bringing some of their franchises to life. Because you know Sony. Just a little nerdy thing here for one second, Chris and you, Rod. You guys know what I'm talking about. Is you know the Sony experience is is largely a story based. You know, you're taking a hero through a journey, and it's a story based, a very cinematic universe. Some of their biggest stuff is absolutely yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, I know they're they're working on a live action God of War, a live action. I mean, I think that's a tough pull, man. It is, but like, look, as long as if if they take their time, that's fine. But like, I know you know, Last of Us is on the horizon, God of War. I know they're they're working on um. Uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn because you know that thing was massive, so they're working on a lot of interesting things over at Sony. I just hope it doesn't suck because I mean I want that to be because you know I mean Square built that entire studio in Hawaii and that first Final Fantasy the Spirits Within movie bombed so well, bombed so bad they they they, they abandoned that. I mean, I it, it, it isn't, it isn't. Stop. No, we'll, we'll, that's a whole we'll, different issue. We argue about this all the time. It is not that's, a a, that's a whole different issue. But, I mean, <laughs> that was that lost them enough money that they abandoned there in that entire initiative. <laughs> so, yeah, well, lesson I mean, learned. But that was also a time where, where 
these kinds of things weren't as in sync, right? Like, right. No, of course. Yeah. Companies weren't thinking of these as a scale that could be the repeat, the, like the customer base that already exists for your, what you're going to put out. They weren't thinking about any of that back then. But I mean, this is the, I, I've said it in episodes past, like guys like my dad who, you know, thought video games, this is years ago when I was, you know, in my single digit years, like video games are a fad. They're going away. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> my, my dad's a brilliant man, but he made the wrong call on that one. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, wrong side of history on that one. You lost that. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I just, I, I just want them to be. I just want them to be good because the problem with video game movies, and we've seen it, they push them out, put a name on it that has a name of a familiar franchise, and it's a dog shit movie. It it sets everything else back. I think that's what that's what I think about the Halo, the Halo movie game, or excuse me, series that they're putting out. That's why I'm so skeptical about it. But I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I've seen what they can do with Halo live action. And some of that's pretty incredible. Halo Forward Unto Dawn, that was pretty cool, though. That's what I mean. If if they continue to push stuff at that, I mean, with a much larger budget, continue to push stuff out like that, I'm okay with it. You slap something together and some dude running around claiming to be Master Chief just kills aliens and it's garbage, that's not Halo. No, it it is. And then that's what they, I mean, that's the whole thing is like Hollywood doesn't get, for, for example, we just talked about Lord of the Rings. All right, so... One of the competing bids he got for Lord of the Rings was before New Line agreed to three hundred million dollars for for three pictures. Miramax wanted to do one two and a half hour picture with all three books com- combined. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not only would would, would would this billion dollar franchise not exist, it would have it would have come out and been like, oh, okay, it would have been somewhat big for a Christmas, and then we never would talked about it again. Now would have been it, you know. But like, you see how differently you can see things. Yeah. If you somebody's vision, you know. I mean, it's just I just want the whole thing is like I listened to another podcast the other day. Uh, these people specialize in movie video games, which is interesting to listen to, but they're very skeptical about these things coming out. I, I on the other hand, if like for instance, if The Last of Us is done right, you know, those of you who don't know what Last of Us is, it, you know, those those games are record setting selling games. Those could be wonderfully wonderful stories, and I know Chris, you have dreams for a lot of these game stories to be to be realized. It could be really good; they right. could be fantastic if they just did them right. I mean, so just one more little piece, and then we'll move on. Uh, Matt, uh, some of the, some of those exciting things that we that we see as video game fans are video game trailers, right? Yes, and they they will be too way different than a movie trailer. It'll be like two and a half minutes that will just get you so pumped up that you're you've already spent your money. Just from watching a two-minute trailer, and if you they could just turn those things into some of these movies, that'd be perfect. But for some reason, no one takes it seriously. It isn't done right. People are just expecting it to make money and throw a name on it. If they could just harness that same energy, these things could be big for Hollywood, and it could be a, a good symbiotic relationship for these studios that like team up with these video game companies or like you know have these great writers that work on. Video game X, Y, and Z. Bring them into movie studio. Watch what happens because there's just so much here. Well, that's that, that, that's 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 the benefit that Sony has is Sony is also a film. Yeah, they studio. already have a studio. Yeah, yeah. so that's so, the one benefit they have. The, the last thing that I'll say in this is one thing I think hampers this sort of stuff. Now Mario is going to be different, but Borderlands is live action. Mm. Okay, I don't think all of those movies need to be live action. I can agree with that. You understand what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I agree like, with that. Well, it's like you brought up God of War, right? As a live action movie. So what is that? Two people and 10,000 hours of CGI? <laughs> like, 
in my, in, I guess this is just a personal thing. I'm okay if it's all CGI yeah. as long as it's well done. Like, that's okay with me. That's my biggest issue with the Warcraft movie. If that movie would have been 100% CGI, that movie would have made, and they could have, and the Blizzard Studios put us, I know it's hard to do a lot of money. Yep. But that movie makes so much more money in it. And it's sure. It's, it's, it's expensive. Yes. That's the thing. But these live action movies apparently aren't cheap either. So that's what I mean, right? That's the thing is nothing in this, nothing in current Hollywood or ever is cheap. But I, let me, let me ask one question before we move on is, do you think this is what people felt like when, you know, Hollywood first became like Hollywood and like they started cranking out these movies and then like people like, Oh, they're going to adapt a novel. Do you think this is how people thought? Like, I just want it to be good. Please be good. Probably. Yeah. I, I think the video game side of stuff has one, thing working against it that it's already a visual media right so like you already have you don't have this somebody's already showed you what it looks like you don't have this image in your mind of what this could be you have you have an image of your mind of what this already is in one in one you know area so that does put at a disadvantage because people don't like when things don't line up you know you think you think a a book fan is mad when a movie doesn't have everything that that the book had in it well you think the the same situation but worse with what something is visually to somebody in one medium that it's different in another. Well, you, you, you think casting Mario is a big deal, but imagine casting Kratos. Like imagine. I think Mario is still a bigger I, deal. I think Mario's a harder one. Kratos, I mean, you, I mean, you just, you just asked Lee, you asked, uh, Lee, Lee and I just to work out again. You know? well, no, 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 no. I mean, yourself a Hemsworth. And yeah. <laughs> make him bald and have walk in. Yeah. Yeah. Take, take a chance on a small little actor named Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing is no, but here's why I think Kratos is still a bigger deal because Kratos, that movie will be live action and this one is not, so it's not Chris Pratt. It's the animated Mario. He's just voicing him. But I mean, when you come, I think that's why I think Kratos would be a bigger deal is, you know, it's just, that's one of the most well-known franchises in gaming is God of War. You, you can't not know it if you're a gamer these days. I've never played one. We have talked for a long time on this. Well, I I think it's such a fascinating topic to talk about because we're finally getting to the era where, like, they're good. And for the last 20 years, they've just – every time a video game movie has come out, Wild Hope followed with just complete and utter just disappointment. All right. This is becoming a different podcast, though. (laughs) All right. Well, that's – I'm – I'm excited. I'm excited. Look, if I lose the bet, I'm happy to lose the bet. If Mario makes two hundred million dollars in two weeks, I'm happy to lose that bet. I want it to, to to do well, but yeah. if I win the bet, all the better anyway. So you still owe me for a Wendy's value movie. I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna make good on that. This when I come when I come home, I promise all you. Right. That, my all right. Let's talk about some trailers. Get into them. Let's talk about the first trailer, Finch, with Tom Hanks. Guys, no idea what it's about. Looks cool. Yeah. Well, Done. it looks. Him and a robot. And a, I mean, look, this is definitely a Tom Hanks thing. Like, it doesn't. It absolutely is Tom. Isn't Hanks. this just Oblivion? No. Okay. No, Oblivion's a much different movie. But this There's is. I mean, dogs in Oblivion, sir. Okay. Fair enough. I think this is Castaway meets. What was the Nolan movie? Castaway meets Interstellar meets. I I had another one early when I was watching. That's that weird Clooney movie we watched a while ago where he's going. Oh through. yeah, that's a, I like Midnight that one. Sun. I like. That. No, 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 no. That's it the was... one. That's the one where the girl dies if she hit sunlight. That's not midnight. It's midnight something. I know. I forget. Midnight sky. Yeah. Midnight sky. That's it. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could see that, but Tom yeah, I mean, Hanks yeah, has a robot Tom has Hanks a dog. Movie. Like, I'm here for it. It's fine. It's an Apple movie. It's always it's, people. It's an Apple. It's an Apple original. So it's that's gotta be better, it's got to be better than Greyhound, right? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Fuck, I hope so. Yeah, right. Jesus. Boy, we were we were wrong about we were wrong about Greyhound though, Roger. You and I were like, yeah, it's gonna be pretty good. How can it not be? No, I talk plus war. It's gonna be awesome. I mean, he's been in arguably the best one of the best World War II movies of all time. Saving Private Ryan. Then he was in one that wasn't the best. And then he's he's got that going for him too. He's also produced, you know, he's only one for one or one in one. Uh, All right, let's. Well, I'm excited for Finch. I, I am until I have reason not to be. I'm excited for Finch. That's for damn sure. What about? All right, and I. It's time for this destined to be mediocre movie to come out. Halloween final trailer. What do you guys think? Destined to be mediocre. That's that's bold. I've said this multiple weeks. This movie's going to be good. I'm excited for it. I I thought the last one was nothing. Nothing to write about. And Robbie, you didn't either. I just listened to our episode. You didn't either. Well, I mean, because there are so many holes in that movie, but. I mean, I can't judge a second movie off the first one until I watch the second one, right? That's so, true. So Listen, if it's just him just killing everybody again, okay. It's going to be great. So, okay. Here's one of the things. This is what I always keep saying is why do people with weapons miss, miss, miss? In this new trailer, the, 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 the granddaughter has a shotgun and is within five feet of Michael Myers. And then the next shot is that when we, we cut away and come, come back is he's got the shotgun and is, 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 is moving it out of her hand. How do we keep doing this? Mistakes were made. <laughs> just, I don't understand how. What, I don't understand the psychology of characters. I don't. I can't. Let's, I just can't. Let's talk about this last trailer for a second. Let's do it. Because this, because this trailer does the thing that I hate that trailers do. It shows, shows more stuff. Way too much. Because did you have any idea that any of the killings in the first two trailers were people that he had he didn't kill in the, in the older in the older movie? Did you know that? <laughs> No, I guess now that we know that, though. That shows you that in this trailer. Here's the thing. I watched this trailer today without sound, and I still figured that out. And that's terrible. Why are you showing us what could be the only interesting piece of your movie that you could just let happen and go, ooh, no one's going to go watch that because little Susie that didn't get killed in the first movie is going to get killed now. That's not what brings people to this movie. Why are you showing the only thing that makes you in the theater go, huh, that's kind of cool. We also we also know that the couple that gets killed that that woman that gets that poor woman that gets the glass shoved, shoved into her neck as Roger pointed out should have been standing there they were they're they're living in Michael's old house well yeah well and we also know that we also know that those crazy people with the bats and the and and the nine irons walking around they're fighting Michael we we now know that it's like you're 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 right I wish they had just let. One trailer six months ago, we're good. That's right. How long have I been advocating yeah. the one trailer approach? Just That's stop. it. Just one. Just stop. This trailer isn't bringing anyone in that wasn't already in on this movie. What True. are you doing? But it's also, as you learn from the trailer, it also is – I think this is a recently a, a new development streaming on Peacock. Uh, like two weeks ago they announced yeah. that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it, it, I just – I just don't understand. What do you guys what? make of the streaming on Peacock thing? It's good. I'm, on, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, I will still watch this one in a theater if yeah. I can. Sure, yeah, same. Yeah, this is one you definitely should watch in a theater, one hundred percent. So, I mean, that comes out in you know a couple of weeks' time at this point. Let's just get it and stop seeing trailers. Stop giving me information about this. Just let me see it. You now, here's one question I do want to ask. So, this movie, the trailer ends with someone with their hands on Michael's mask and almost getting it off his head. Whatever. Yeah. I know that's always kind of a fake out, but no. In the second trailer, she's got the mask. Yeah, they get it off of yeah, him. Come get it. Well, but I, I don't know. But you don't know the timeline how that you know what, that could be. I don't know how that's going to play that's out. That's when the movie cuts to black and it's over. But nice. do you guys think we're going to go to? There's two. Is there another one coming? Yes. I bet, yeah. Yeah. This was oh my three. god! I can't. I can't with this. But they said this is the end of the franchise. Mm-hmm. 
Christ, no. I just these mediocre ass movies. Sorry, I've 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 a vendetta against Halloween because the one in twenty eighteen I thought was not good, and not good is like a four. I don't know, on a scale of ten. So just I think I think I gave it a I don't know I don't remember what I gave it. I'll have to go back and check. But I think it's great. anyway. Uh, okay, the tragedy of Macbeth. Director Joel Cohen with Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington. It's not a long one. It's not a long trailer, but what do you guys think so far? So I, I asked Chris before. I was like, do you know who Joel Cohen is, Chris? He said, no, I don't off the top of my head. I was like, well, the Cohen, he's part of the Cohen brothers. Um, they tend to make really upbeat, positive films um, <laughs> along the lines of uh, The Road with uh, Viggo Mortensen and uh, No Country for Old Men. You know, so this ought to just be fun. right up there, right up there, real, real, real humdinger. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a real upbeat. Rom-com. If you know the story of Macbeth, ought to be a fucking sporting good time. <laughs> but it, let's talk about the visual style right away. What do you I mean? Black and white, man. I think okay, it looked good. Yeah. That's, that's I think it looked real good. That's, that's obviously a weird. That's a right. weird choice, but I think it's a great. You know, I, I like things that are visually different only because. We don't get them very often, and we're forced to pay attention to them. I mean, what's the last movie we watched in black and white? Lighthouse. Mine, mine was well, yeah, Lighthouse. So you're right. That movie's weird. No, 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 no. Yeah, that I was mean, a good movie. Black hold on, and hold white. On, Chris, hold, hold on. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to rephrase Roger's question. What was the last movie you watched theatrically in black and white? Ooh. Because I mean, like you can watch anything. You can pretty much watch any movie in black and white if you mess with your TV setting. But <laughs> um, I mean, be, what I mean? Taylor's list. But. Well, the Ooh, artist in 2011, maybe. remember that one, Best Picture? Yeah, I didn't watch that. We know, I mean, there's less than ten of them in the past couple in the past decade. We've that have come out with of uh, note. I probably would have watched Logan in black and white. Yep, honest, because I mean, I have watched it in black and white, and yeah. it's great. Um, but I, I guess I don't know, because like if I had to go, if I had to walk into the theater before I'd seen Logan and be like, "Here's the black and white theater. Here's the full color theater." You're, the, you're going color, to the color, color theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. agreed. Now, like I said, it, Logan really works in black yeah, and white. It's pretty incredible. But, I mean, I would have picked color off the yeah. bat. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I mean, honestly. I'd like to be like, no, I would have picked a black and white because I wouldn't know. Well, here's the thing about that. And, you know, the Steelbook Asshole. has, the, Steelbook has the, the noir, the black and white cut. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. That's one. I mean, that was available to watch in, like, Los Angeles and New York. That's mm-hmm. pretty much the only place you can watch it theatrically. Okay. So, I mean – you're you're shutting out, you know, ninety percent of the country can't even get to those theaters. More than ninety. Ninety. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, okay, fine. Ninety nine percent. Yeah, I was best bit optimistic, but so I mean, like, you're already shutting out, you know, three hundred million people from watching because no one's going to make the trek to either one of the cities to watch it that don't live within an hour of it. You know, so that was. I mean, I would have loved to see that in the theater. So black and white is always better in the theater because of how it's, you know, the, the color of the screen. Much better. So, is this going to be theatrical, or is this like a Amazon or well, something? Well, that's the thing. Do this we is, know this is theatrical on Christmas, and then goes to, and then shortly after goes to streaming Apple Plus in, in January. So it's going to be like a one week run. I would yeah. hope they're trying to, but um, it's good. It, it does have the Apple logo yeah. on it. So. Chances of me seeing this in a movie theater are going to be very slim. Then why? Uh, because if it's got a one-week theatrical run, it ain't going to be in the middle. Oh, of I don't. Of but, Ohio. Yeah, you know, you know it's not going to be out here. Well, the end of the trailer just says, "I couldn't watch the protege, man." <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, the end of the trailer just says um, December twenty-fourth theaters theatrically, and then it says January streaming. But okay. then it has the Apple logo. But I don't know what that if they're going to pull it 
or if it's got like a serious like limit, like two week limited engagement. And I, I don't know what that actually means. I guess we'll find out. So let's move to the final trailer because this one was a short trailer. Spencer, which I think is a big deal because Kristen Stewart, she looks phenomenal in this. And I, mean, I don't mean like phenomenal, but I mean like she looks she like. looks like Princess Di. Princess Di. And like that's, I just, for her, this is a big deal, I think, because she has kind of a negative, I think, a, you know, image in the general public. Uh, you know, for Twilight and always biting her lip. And I think this is going to do wonders for her. I can't express to you accurately how unexcited for this movie I am. Really? Even like you're not even the least bit curious as to how she does in it? Nope. I think you're alone on that one as far as... That's, 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 that's okay. That's fine. Of course it's okay. Yeah, of course it's okay. Roger, where, where, where do you fit on this? I mean, I hope the movie's good. <laughs> well, I mean, this is For Love of Sin where our, our motto is, I just hope it doesn't suck. I'm having t-shirts made. And by the way, by the way, someone asked, a friend asked me today, when you, when you do your weekend wrap up box office on Monday, when you, when you put the M after the box office, you mean millions, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, why do you do that? Because for many, for, for almost a year, for we a while, <laughs> there wasn't a million. Like the top earner for the week was like a hundred K. It's like, oh my goodness. So I differentiate between the K and the M. But uh, he asked me in reference to why we do that in, in reference to this Christmas ceremony, I couldn't remember, but sorry, I just lost my train of thought completely. Good, that does happen. But let's talk about my crotcho. Yeah, yeah. Let's well, hold on. Last let's thoughts about it. last thoughts about Spencer, though. Roger, are you excited for it? Are you going? I mean, it's, it'll be an interesting story because that whole Princess Die, the actual story, legitimately is like a soap opera. That was so. That was that was probably more your time than like me. And it Bob, is. Right? I am a little bit older than yeah. you. Um. So yeah, I mean, I remember it like how big of a yeah, deal I was. I remember how big of a deal it was when she died. Yeah, like, that was a big deal. But people still talk. I mean, that's still a topic of discussion in some circles: is the death of Princess Di and how you know she was she was fabulous, and you know how it's probably a it, it, you know that's our like that's our like JFK almost. <laughs> like there was definitely something behind that that we don't know. There's an X factor that people don't know yet, but. That's why it's still debated, isn't it? Wasn't there there's some not, kind of weird? There's not really an X factor. Hold on, but wasn't there some kind of weird rogue element to that? It wasn't. Well, just... yeah, they never knew if she was actually how. Like there was always suspicion about how she actually died. And yeah, that's my point. The though. Circumstances was a... behind yeah. yeah, JFK got shot like right in the head. Uh, but I mean, you know what I mean. There's always, you know, that whatever. We're moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Let's talk. About... Well, here's the thing about this one is, I, I think let's talk about. Okay, let's talk about Cry Macho. Say it by its given name. <laughs> Cry Macho? Or Macho? What is it? My Cracho? All right. My Cracho. And Chris, I understand you did not uh, have the opportunity to watch this this week. I did not. I tried desperately today while I was working. And um, if, I, <laughs> if my new boss always is the, listening, please. Always the best way to try to take in a film. <laughs> All right. Uh, Cry Macho. Roger, let's knock this out. Um, so I want to start things. I'm trying to start things a little differently going into. I want to implement some changes in episode 250, which is five episodes away, kind of do like a whole new rollout. But so the tomato meter for this is 56% and the audience score is 63% going into it. Okay. Let's, let's start there. And of course, let's get some particulars out of the way, which is, so this is directed by Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. And um, we have Clint Eastwood as the title character, Mike Milo. Dwight Yoakam is Howard Polk. Edward Minette is Rafa Raffo. And Natalie Traven, Marta, Fernanda, Erojola, let's as Letta, let's go with theirs. Roger, why don't you tell us what Crime Macho is about? 
So, Cry Macho is a novel um, that's been around for a while, I guess. Um, but it's a story about a old um, ranch hand slash rodeo star bull rider that you know years ago got hurt and is kind of down on his luck. Ends up on a journey to Mexico from his old boss to find his son, who he hasn't seen in at least seven years or so, to bring him back to Texas. That's the real short version of that story. And this movie follows his little trip to get down there, what he encounters getting to him, and then their trip back. And most of the movie is their trip back. So that's well, I mean, one we movie. We, one movie we just had not too long ago was uh, was Rambo, and pretty much a different, a very different adventure into Mexico for a different, almost the same reason, but yeah. a very different yeah. outcome, a much more violent and bloody outcome. And murder, more murder. So I love much how it's kind of murder. I, I really dig the opening because it lets you know that Clint Eastwood's, though he's old, he was a dude, like, <laughs> though he looks like he's 10,000 years old. He uh, does look like a shrunken corpse. <laughs> he sounds I love like, the guy. He's looking rough. He, he sounds, I mean, he sounds different because you know, he's old, but the opening, you look was, at him, he's so old. I love when he, so he, we, we start with him driving in and then he gets in the office and uh, he says, Howard said, wait, what's his, the guy's name? He goes, you're late. He goes, late for what? <laughs> yeah, what's, give me his name. Yeah. He's fired on the spot. <laughs> yeah, Dwight, Dwight says you're late. He goes, late for what? And then he doesn't even let the guy pour a cup of coffee before yeah. he fires him. Yep. Which is and nice. Then, then he stands there and casually drinks it. Looking, looking <laughs> out the window. Yeah, while well, he's being berated. And this, and the guy just goes off in this like two-minute monologue about how you used to be great. And I thought I was going to lose you because you won so many awards. And I thought someone was going to snatch you up. But you always stayed with me. And I thank you for that. And then he goes, but now you're fired. And then he turns to look at him and says, you know, I, I would say – he basically says, I would say you're a sad, pathetic man. But that would be rude. You know, <laughs> room. Which is a very Roger thing to say to someone. Yeah, very Pass- passively saying what you want to say without actually saying it. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, and then he, we go to, and then we cut to a year later when the same guy who just fired him comes with a favor. Yeah. That, hey, I need you to. It's not Seconds like a simple later in the movie. By it's the not way. awkward. It's it's not like a hey, I just need you to go to the grocery store, pick me up some some alcohol for my party. This is like I need you to go into a foreign country, bring my kid back to me. No, that's not that's not a problem, right? For for you, you ninety year old corpse, it's not a problem. No, you, it's right? fine. You don't look uh, super old <laughs> and close to death. But I honestly think that opening phrase of when he's like, "Why well, I, I would say you're a sad, pathetic man," weak. That's very rude. I think that's to show us, like, okay, well, he's still a badass. Okay, so I mean, I guess that's there for us to alleviate. I mean, as as well thematic with the movie, but I think that's there to like, okay, Clint Eastwood still got it. You know, at yep. least for this movie. I can believe if he's going to, you know, raise a fist or two. I can still believe it. That's fine. Sure. Uh, and the movie itself is – you said, Roger, before we started shooting, it's kind of a snoozer. And I it agree. I, it's, it's very slow. Even the, the parts of action are incredibly <laughs> slow. Let's, I mean, let's put action in, like, air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I see – you know, I understand why you would say that. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a slow burn, and it, well, I mean, I guess slow burn is not even the right thing because it never really percolates. Um, it's it's an okay movie overall, but it's just like he's just teaching his kid about things. It, it turns out like he goes and finds this kid in Mexico, 
Um, it goes to the mother's house and like he's not there. Mom's kind of a piece of garbage, um, but she's like rich, which is weird as hell. Um, well, she's rich and she has influence over all these men that are like working for her. Yep. And but like, like you know, he ends up finding the kid. The kid uh, has the macho is the name of his cockfighting chicken. His but, we, but, but, but we knew that. We knew That's that. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part. Macho. That he yeah. keeps calling a macho. And he's training him and how like the rooster loves Clint Eastwood's character by the end of the movie. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole way this movie shakes out, like he goes to Mexico, he gets the kid. He gets the kid after like, what, 30 minutes of well, movie time? He doesn't even know he has And then that, there's still another hour and 15 minutes left? Well, because that's when the movie starts. Is after, yeah. what, what, what happens in Mexico, I mean, the only thing, the only takeaway from there is is the mom. Is you yeah. judge of characters the mom, and of course, much like the other movie we're talking about today, points of view kind of shift a couple of times in this movie, and they're meant to, um, because I mean, like you're given a certain you characters take you on a ride, and you're on the ride, and of course you're going with what the characters are going. So, I mean, it's very apparent early on that both these parents they don't want the kid. They're not. Yeah, they're they're not good people. They they, they just want the political influence over the other that, that the kid allows them to have leverage, the financial influence as yeah. well. So, I mean, that's pretty apparent to this kid. Like, I kind of understand where the kid's coming from. Yeah. You know, usually I kind of side with, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, you, you have a rich parent and you're living on the streets. Well, who, who are you to, like, give up that? But, like, I kind of side with the kid on this one. It's like, my parents are just pieces of crap, and I'd rather live on the street with my rooster. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather win some money cockfighting and then, you know, eat out of dumpsters if I can. And the real magic of this movie, though, it happens... Are we also and, putting magic in air quotes? Well, there's some kind of cool things that happen, which I mean, he bonds with the kid, right? Well, not only that, but when they so when they get when and they the get rooster, broken, so when they get broken down in this town, of course, with the car trouble. There's always car trouble in this goddamn movie. Well, um, this is, mind you, this movie is set in 1979, so right, no, of course. And then so they get broken down in this town, which they have to stay. Which of course, there's a woman who that looks to be not too much younger than Eastwood's character. That also has a family who now the broken family. Well, the broken, which of course in the beginning when I thought it was kind of brilliant when you saw the pictures of so the the camera as you're seeing opening from Mike is when he's a young guy and you see all the newspaper clippings of this guy's incredible like this is a guy to watch and then you go to the end of the end of the of the newspaper clippings which see where he had a bad accident and snapped his back in a very Harry Potter fashion like goes into live action old film reel footage of how he, you know, the horse during one of the rodeos like fell on him, and that's the accident. And then he that's lost probably his, sucked. And then he lost his. Yeah, I can imagine that's a massively huge animal falling on you. <laughs> um, loses he loses his wife and kid in a car accident, and then he also is like that's the link there is the brokenness. Yep. And of course, that's you know I jump on that. I love it. So, I mean, there's a when I thought the one part that I really like enjoyed was when the little girl who they're who they're sitting down with signs him something and then he immediately immediately signs back that's such a good like i don't know how to explain it but to me that's magic and like that's i I, I appreciate i appreciated that i did i did also appreciate the fact when he asks uh rafa who has been um translating for him everything from spanish he asked him what he signed to the girl. He's like, that doesn't matter to you. Like after he's been his verbatim translator for like whatever a week, he won't tell him what he signed for him. 
I just, well, but it was it was him though. Somewhere. But that was yeah, no, you know a link, a link between him and the kid. Uh, and I, th- there's I mean there's a lot of movie that happens before that that is pretty forgettable and very kind of scripted Slow. and not only scripted but like it's by the numbers. And I I, I did I'm, appreciate the guy stealing his truck while he's over the hill trying to take a <laughs> shit. <laughs> just because that would make me upset. If I had to uh, stop on the side of the road, go down off the side of the hill to take a shit, and somebody come by and stole my truck, something, something, I, would be, I would be in a bad mood. Something tells me that with the mother's influence, with the federales, uh, and the and the local law enforcement there, something tells me this story was not a Hollywood script, and someone actually attempted this in 1979, they wouldn't have made it back. Something tells mm-hmm. me they would have been detained six times before they got anywhere close to the border, and then they would that guy would have just died in prison for the next five years of his life. He just died in prison. But something tells me that's how it would have played out. But how about you? You have any similar thoughts like that, Roger? Or no, I mean it'd be different if it was modern day. That's all. But here's the thing: you can't do with Clint Eastwood being as old. You can't have like a, a massive shootout and him like going fist to fist with ten guys because well, Clint Eastwood can't do that. Yeah, I mean we don't get that here either. I mean, no, but you as a, as a script you have to avoid that because if your if your main character is Clint Eastwood, who was a ninety year old man, I don't care what kind of you you you'd have to do a lot of stunt stand in, which I think would be very noticeable at some point. Sure. Uh, but the story we got, I thought, was a dumbed down version of a story we could have had. And I mean, I mean, dumbed down is like less violent than Clint Eastwood in his old in his like prime. This would have been a very different story. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean they're they're getting shot his way out of Mexico. <laughs> exactly. It would have been more similar to that. Uh, what was that Arnold movie uh, where he was the cop in the. The guy was trying to cross the border in his town. The the, the last stand. Did you watch yeah, that? I like that's yeah. a that's a very violent movie. Uh, but yeah, this the whole thing with Rafa and the and the and the, the the rooster. I'm not sure if now the rooster is the title character of the crime macho. Without the rooster, does this movie really change at all? Nah. Let me ask really. you that. I didn't really think so. I don't. I mean, the rooster was there for certain reasons, and I get that, but I don't think the movie changes a whole lot if it's just the kid is going after. So yeah. I'm doing some back reading, some background on this actual movie. So this movie was originally a screenplay in the early 70s. It was, yeah. And it was reworked into the novel that became Cry Macho. After it was, after the it was rejected was, twice. Yeah, so that's the reason we have this movie is because it got rejected twice. This was a Schwarzenegger vehicle in 2011. Mm-hmm. Well, it was well. Schwarzenegger chose between this or the Last Stand, and he chose the Last Stand. That's 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 the that's the thing. Hmm. I mean, that's more Schwarzenegger. You know, a, a shoot him up. That that you know that that reintroduced us to Schwarzenegger after he'd been out of acting for so many years. So actually, we... he had the he built <laughs> the option was given to him in 2003. That's how long that this movie is set in development. That's so weird. It was also, as I was doing some reading, a vehicle for Rob Schneider at one point. Yikes. Which I thought was, it was a weird choice. Swing and a miss. Swing and a, well, yeah. I'm glad well, we maybe. Maybe it would have been awesome. Doubtful. That, likely not, but doubtful. Um, what are some of the things you didn't like about Crime Macho, Roger? Give me some uh, dude, those. it's paced so slow. It's, it is. It's an hour and some. It is definitely – it's an hour and like 45, but it, it does feel like two and a half hours. I mean, so here's the thing. It's 
it's not bad. It's not a bad movie. It's just it's never overly interesting to me. Is that is that a fair thing to say? Like, there's never anything happening at all times. I'm just like, this is you know riveting. Well, it's it's really it's really paint by numbers. Like you see every move happening before it happens, right? Well, I think so. And the the, the moment I talk about it, it comes so late in the movie. Well, that moment, and then the one when he dances with the with the woman. Sure, those are like that's the emotional center right there of the movie, and like we get them so late that it's yeah, it doesn't even matter. I think it, you've already made an assessment of the movie at that point, and all that does is help to somewhat save it from that not great assessment to be to begin with. But you're I gotcha. right. I think I think the movie is so slowly paced. But again, I ask you, how do you pace it quicker if your main actor is a 90 year old man? See, that's the thing. I don't think you can. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll complain about it being slow paced, but I can't look at it and be like, well, I'd have sped this up or changed this scene. I, I just I just don't know if you can do that with the material, especially because, you know, we talked about action like there really isn't that much. There's a couple of scenes where something action like happens, but, but that's there, really about it. It's very slow to happen and it's not it's very slow and deliberate. Opposed, like someone pulling out a gun, and then they're just shoot out, and six people die on the matter of forty-five seconds. Yeah, it like doesn't happen like that. Which no, you know, it doesn't. So, but if you, if you want to see that movie, The Outlaw Josie Wales is that movie, or you know, a ton of other westerns that Clint Eastwood was involved in. Sure, but this is not that movie. Now, let me ask you this, Roger: Who is this? Who is the core audience for this? Who do you think they're aiming at? Old people. You think hundred percent? You you think that was their my, people? My dad's age for real. Well, Clint Eastwood and like John Wayne were always aimed at the older crowd. John anyway. Wang? John Wang? That's well, a terrible we're, cowboy name. We're always aimed at the older crowd anyway. But so you don't think they're trying to like. Because I would argue differently about Gran Torino. I would think Gran Torino was trying to pull in. Gran like, Torino people. was a more inclusive age range. That's, that's for thing. sure. It was trying to pull in, I think, like any, you know, probably like 25 to like 57, 75 year old male. Yeah. You know, that like, okay, Clint was a badass. I'll watch him be a badass. We're past that point, though, in his career. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, Gran Torino was like, he was still acceptable as like someone who could rough and tumble and punch a dude in the face and still make it out of a bar fight fine. But I just don't think this Clint Eastwood can do that. And I, I hate to like talk about his, talk about him and his age, but. How many more of these movies, how many more movies are we actually going to get? I, he's already started another one from what I read. He already is in talks with Warner Brothers to do another movie. I mean, that's fine, but I guess we'll see. I agree, but I mean, as far as analysis of Crime Macho, I think it the movie we got is the movie we were going to get anyway. It would have been a very different movie had it been picked up by 2003 Schwarzenegger, sure, because that was sure. – Schwarzenegger wasn't – he was still in somewhat of a prime back then, but – Think it would have been a Terminator movie? <laughs> sure. It would have been Macho is a better Terminator movie than <laughs> Terminator. Sure, sure. Chris, Does that I make you sad? Character. Uh, yeah, of course it does. Everything makes me sad about Terminator, but uh, I just don't think that this movie is with the prime audience being elderly folk. Let's say that. Then I don't think this movie is. I think you have a tough time with trying to pull in anyone who's not into Clint Eastwood. Used to be an ass kicker, could still be, and someone who's like, "Wow, that's he's still alive." You know, well, and it's and it's really not the movie you get either. So right, I mean that also factors into it. I feel like you get half a movie both ways. You get a half of the it could have been a you know a gunslinger shooting way out of Mexico trying to bring back a kid who didn't want to be there, and then you also get the other half of the movie which which is like a a, a broken man 
finds another town to live in, finds another family, and gets to help a kid, gets someone of a, of a redemption story. I think you have two movies here that we could have just gone with the latter movie and been fine. Sure. You know, maybe maybe the movie. I mean, again, it's it, it's based on a it's based on a, on a you know what used to be a screenplay and a novel. But I mean, would you have? What if Cry Macho was him? He lost his family, and he didn't. And let's say that the kid was from a relationship his son before he died had outside of his marriage with someone, and it's just trying him. Like if it was his grandkid or something. Yeah, but like, wouldn't I feel like that was also an avenue to explore? And again, I want to get away from the well. It wasn't what I would have done, so it's bad. I'm not not saying. No, I get you. I'm saying we, we we get two movies here instead of we get two movies halfway instead of one movie all the way. So I guess that's my complaint about this is, I mean, if you're going to do 90-year-old Clint Eastwood in a movie, then give me a script that doesn't have any sort of danger to it. That's just a man trying to, before he dies, trying to reconnect with the only family he has. You know, give me that movie. But again, that's just my opinion. I understand that. Yeah, no, I get you. So I mean, like I what, said, I, I don't ever think at any point this movie's overly bad. I just don't think at any point it's overly good. Like this movie is as mediocre as it gets for me. Sometimes, like it's it's definitely watchable, but it's like I felt like it drug on forever. Um, the resolution was absolutely predictable. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, well, let's go into the wrap up. Then. This isn't the movie of the week anyway. This is a so I mean. To me, this is I, I'm I by default I'm going to give this movie a five. Okay. I never I never want to tell someone not to watch Clint Eastwood movie because Clint Eastwood is one of the greats. Sure, I mean, and the man to his credit is still directing, producing, and starring in a movie at ninety. At I don't I don't know how old he actually is. He's, he's legitimately like ninety. Hang on, okay. I'll confirm. Yeah, but I mean that's impressive. So I mean I got to say I mean. That's so that's why I mean I can never say anything less than a five with a Clint Eastwood movie. I shouldn't say less than a five, I should say. Because I think you still watch it. But I don't think this movie he's is ninety one years old. Oh, man, the thing he's seen, the things this man has seen. Holy crap. Uh but yeah, that's so a five I think is where it sits. Yeah, so um I actually feel pretty good about this then because I was gonna give it a five as well. Um it's not gonna be for a lot of people. Um for me it's just middle of the road. Like I said, it's slow, it's predictable, but the story's okay. Um, I like the, the, the parts with the animals. That's kind of neat. Again, though, I don't understand. I didn't mention that during our, what I didn't like about it, but how he's like some weird, like pseudo veterinarian because he's been a ranch hand for so long. Oh, right, right. That comes, but, that comes like, with once or twice. It's, yeah, it's kind of just like a weird scenario that comes into this movie, but other than that, it's okay. It's so I think five's very comfortable. I'm comfortable with that. All right, then that's. Chris, you're not. I guess you're not too upset. You you miss Crime Macho. You know, nope. Miss a whole lot. Of I don't know. I think it was a good call. I think we uh, we worked hard all week on trying to make sure we got around this one. And uh, as a team, I'm glad that I've <laughs> fallen out of this one for you guys. My Cracho. My Cracho. <laughs> <laughs> now, my Cracho, on the other hand, gets a nine and a half. I don't, you know, whatever that is. But you think awfully highly of yourself, do you? <laughs> I do indeed, sir. I do indeed. Now let's talk about the theatrical movie we all watched, Cop Shop. Let me, get some, let me get some particulars. Which is not a movie about shopping for cops, which threw me off greatly. It should be. Directed by Joe Carnahan, who kind of important in the discussion. Gerard Butler as Bob Vidic, Frank Grillo as Teddy Moretto, Alex Louder, wonderful Alex Louder as Valerie Young, 
uh, Toby Haas is Anthony Lamb, and the Ryan <laughs> Anthony O'Nan Lamb rules. He does. <laughs> he rules hard. Ryan O'Nan Huber. All right, Roger. What is Cop Shop about? Uh, Cop Shop is a kind of a sideways story that ends up with somebody's uh, been contract multiple people been contracted to kill somebody, and they all end up at a police station trying to complete their missions. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then lots of people die and guns and yeah it was rules yep <laughs> i had weird smoking aces vibe from this movie you know what I, I got that too but like not as not wild as, as yeah. no yeah, you're, you're I, right i love smoking aces that movie is bad because there's just so much shit going on yeah. <laughs> but yeah but yeah there's definitely that sort of without nearly as many moving parts so the, yeah, the smoking the, the sequel was was not good. The smoking aces, I do love. No, it was not. I didn't know it was a sequel. Hey, it's not good. Do you okay. do you do you know why you got smoking aces vibes? Because Joe Carnahan also directed the smoking aces. Did he really? Really? Yep. I didn't and, know that. Okay, that's cool. And wrote it. But here's the thing behind Joe Carnahan is this is kind of his. This is kind of where he lives is in this kind of. So he has. Let me get back to 2000. So yeah, so that's. Let me get back to his director credits. All right, so Joe Carnahan, let's start with 2006 with Smoke and Aces. Then he has the A-Team, as you can remember, Roger, where they, where they, where they fly. Okay, uh, A-Team was kind of a fun movie. It's not very good, though. I'm really, I'm, I'm really pissed we, we never got a sequel to that, actually. Uh, we have the A-Team, then The Weird, The Gray, which is the movie about the wolves, which I love. But The Gray is an okay movie, though. But... Also, the reason why you're getting those vibes, Chris, is because he also did a movie we just recently talked about. Do you know what that is? What? Boss Level. He did Boss Level. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Was it when Frank Grillo showed up again? Sure. But he looks so weird with long hair. He does. It doesn't look like like Frank Grillo. It doesn't look like it at all. How are you got Gerard Butler over there looking like sloppy Gerard Butler? (laughs) Perfect. Perfect in every way. That's what I expect of Gerard Butler's look is how he looks in this movie. That's pretty much what I expect. That's your Kratos, bro. You leave him alone. No. (laughs) Don't even start with that stuff. No, 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 no. Maybe 20 years ago you could have done it, but not anymore. All right. So Cop Shop. Now, Rotten Tomato. The Tomato Mirror is 80 and the audience score is 75. It's pretty close, yeah. And, and I will admit, I expected going into this this week, what I thought about these movies was going to be flipped. I expect to like Crime Macho and not Cop Shop, but it's the other way around. Yeah. But the whole like thing about that. Cop Shop is, what works for Cop Shop is the fact that it's it's a Carnahan chop up. Is okay. All, all the elements at play, they just work. And th- look, this movie is very aware it's not going to win awards, but it's also not. It's also aware it's not trying to win awards. It's just fun. You well, know, they don't. Movie. They never overdo anything here. Sure. Like there, there, there is plenty of action in this movie. It's never over the top, grandiose, like you know, missiles falling from the sky, sort of scenes. Like it's a small cast set in a small location, mm-hmm. um, which is legitimately ninety nine percent of this movie takes place in one police station, and it's not some like giant metroplex police police station well, it's that, like the, the middle of a thousand person town station <laughs> yeah. well that's the thing that works in their advantage is you know when you have these things that happen in a police station these movies which happen is the one thing that you the fallacy is of course there'd be cops within 10 minutes swarming all over you and you'd never get away with any of this but here sure. when they did the exteriors of the police station it looked like I, it should have been on mars for all we cared about you know i love that this place is called gun creek yep 
That's awesome. <laughs> Gun Creek, Nevada. Yep. Gun Creek, Makes Nevada. Sense. There's plenty of guns. Yeah. All right. So let's, I mean, so that's that's it. what I think this movie does right, though. You know, it's got two well-known action people in it, and it's got like Tony Lamb. I love him. Who comes out of nowhere and just steals, steals every scene that he's, he's in. He's in. He, yep. He's he's the presence. Um. What's the lady's name? Uh, Valerie Mallory. Valerie. Valerie. Valerie Young. Valerie Young. She's great yes, in she's this phenomenal. movie. She's phenomenal. Um, like I think that's that's the best part about this is we got two really well known people, and then everybody else is kind of not as well known. And like the pieces, everybody plays their role excellently, mm-hmm. and that's what makes Cop Shop as fun as it is. Now we've talked about fun movies recently, where just like Boss Level was a fun movie. It's yeah. just not it's not overly good, but it's fun. Um, this movie's not as like wild and zany is something like boss level you know where people like you know, get shot in the nuts and yeah. things like that. you don't really get that kind of humor in this movie there's actually not a lot of humor in this at all um it's pretty much a straight lockdown action movie yeah and i, I guess thriller in a, we- well. in a weird way it's also a slow burn action movie because it takes a long time to really start well, going. You, you saw this movie before i did and you told me straight up like the last act doesn't kick in when you think it kicks said, in yep. and you're 100 percent right on that yeah. because and we'll, we'll get we'll circle back to that but um this movie's paced excellently yeah. as opposed to cry macho which is <laughs> not um but like there are moving parts in this movie. It's not like it's not like Saw One where you got to pay attention to every little thing. But there's some stuff if you missed it, like you become like, oh, I get it now, and yeah, so that's that's okay. Grayson? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you that I thought that I couldn't. I'm kind of in love with Alexis Louder now because she's oh, okay. phenomenal. She's great because I want to see her more things. All the she things. was in. She of course was in um, Black Panther. Sure. She was Nigerian woman number two, as credited. She was in Harriet. We talked about that one. She was oh, she was also in the Tomorrow War as Diablo. I don't remember who that is, but she was in Tomorrow War as Diablo. Okay. She was one of the um one of the people at the end, the right? People that were like training everyone before they left out to go through uh, through the portal. Well, that, that that makes sense. But this is I feel like this is her like coming out like now. Yeah, she knows who she is. A real starring role. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's so, the star of this movie. Uh, I would say so. Yes, yeah, I have a couple or, of problems with too. I have a couple of problems with Cop Shop, and I mean, okay. it I'll comes it comes down to like, is every cop just fucking stupid in this movie? Um, well, in yeah. real life, much as most people, if some people are just dumber than others. Well, yeah, okay, so yes. yeah, so and it's not even just that. I think if you look at the psychology behind the situation, they're they're in their house. You know, you know, you don't expect something to be wrong in your house, right? And a lot, and, and they put them in conversation. They put them half distracted and things like that, where you don't really think these things are going to happen to you in real life, and then all of a sudden they do, and you're dead. Well, so it's, I, it's my, way worse than you thought it would ever be. Yeah. So my red flags come with, for instance, after Anthony Lamb has killed the guy at the desk, which we all <laughs> saw. Which, first of all, a cop would not have told him, "Hey, you look just like this unsub." Dude, I thought, listen, Never. I actually laughed at. He's like. It's goddamn uncanny. Yeah, goddamn. You're like, you're like, son of a bitch. And then, <laughs> he, and then he he shoots him in the head, and then the guy gets up and stumbles oh, around. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, oh, where are you going, there, big fella? <laughs> yeah, be careful. <laughs> so, and then he kills two more people, and then another cop walks in, and then he sees a civilian sitting behind the desk and a dead cop on the floor and two dead people, and he doesn't draw his weapon. Are you kidding? Do you so? Do you expect me to? I just I have I have a low opinion of cops now I really do if that's what I thought I thought the part when the paramedics come busting in and he's like 
So when you got your car, we started around in an accident. Where I'm going, he's like, "Hey man, he just stumbled around and collapsed." Yeah. And then he's just like, "Ping ping." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I don't see here. Okay, here's my problem. Yeah, I'm on the screen, right on my head, right where I shot you. <laughs> right where I shot you. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's my problem with one of my problems with Cop Shop is the script allows Anthony Lamb to 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 be hilarious and crazy by making yes. other by making other people look incompetent and stupid. Yeah. And well, I'm not quite mean, sure that would have gone down like that. Um, I was, I, see, I here's I, I understand what you mean, but I'm not entirely sure that it couldn't have gone down like that. True. And it's just going to be a little bit believable, right? Right. And of course, I mean, if you didn't see where all the chips were going to fall most of the way in, like, oh, yeah. it was pretty obvious. You know, when I talk about you know um, point of points of views, as far as you, the viewer, siding with, are going to flip a couple of times. Joe Carnahan always does always does a good job with that. But he's all he's what he's really bad at is making you choose the one that you think making you choose the one that doesn't end up being that. He's good at making you think both could be pieces of crap, but he's not good at okay, well, now I know who's actually the good guy here. Well, they're all pieces of shit. Like that's well, yeah, but except the cop who is, you yeah. know, the unsung hero of all this. Um she's so, properly sung. Which is what I think about so this is as a writer's point of view, it does a good thing when after Anthony comes, kills his way down to the whatever you call it, the the the, the holding cells, and then so it puts her a door between him and her, which creates a problem for him. One of the few times I think that it creates a problem for the villain. You know what I mean? Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah. Usually, usually the, the 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 time or the clock is ticking on the good guys and that's you know that's how most movies play out but this time it's on the villains to get in there and get them which i thought was a pretty cool scenario setup so yeah. I was like, okay i wonder where i wonder where this is gonna go and then we have more cops walk in and literally walk in on stuff that any sane cop would pull his weapon like anyone moves i'm gonna shoot you both and they don't and I'm just like, oh my god, is my intelligence really being insulted this much? Are cops in this country this bad? They had their guns out when they walked into that bathroom, and the first thing they see is their is their their, their buddy, coworker. That's, yeah, that's the first thing they see. So I don't think it's you know it's quite as again far fetched as as the way you're painting it. Now again, I don't think they go exploring. You know what I mean? I don't think that happens. But at the same time, it's it, for what we've watched worse setups. In oh, we definitely have. Yeah, you know sure. I mean? So I don't think that's so much of an issue. I think I think to alleviate that, maybe have less cop show. Like, what's the point of those two coming back? Because they just kill them again, like right yeah, away. Yeah, right? no, true. They're, they're there for like fifteen seconds of screen time, and then they die. Well, I think they're there because like it's very unreal if you have all your cops on one on one shift. In the building, and no one. That is control. true. This is a small town. I well, I was surprised by how many cops are killed, right? And I was surprised because it was like, well, you know, the, every time you kill one, it makes it less and less believable. Hold on, I have a, I have a counterpoint. I don't think it's one town. I think that's a sheriff's department. Okay. So I think it's a county. Okay. Yeah, I think which which that. would well that would explain why there are more than what you would think. Yeah. Because you know, county could be several thousand square miles if yeah. you put into it, but. But regardless, have less cops on duty that night or something. You know what I mean? Sure. Just, just to just to make it where okay, there's only three guys that have to die before you have your three your three main characters left. Cool. Well, so but, let me let me ask yeah. you this. So 
I don't know anything about police radio scanners. I know nothing about anything. But mm-hmm. when she does that call out when she's in the when she's in the room and trapped and she's been shot by her own mm-hmm. gun, by the way, um, <laughs> when she's when she sends that like SOS on the radio, hoping someone picks it up, would those two guys on patrol not have heard her? I don't know. I don't know how copy equipment works. I have no idea. Well, so there's two versions of the radio. There's the short band and then the the the, the other one. Um, the short band is what most of them would talk to because they're never going to be that far away. The one she sent out to to bring in like the fucking cavalry, basically, was she sent out like the emergency system that will hit everything within like you know 500 miles or whatever. Which we don't see her do that though, right? No, no, she, no she, she, she she's, she's gone that. for a while. That could have been a bluff though. Nah. No, but it wasn't a bluff because the cops are pulling up in the end. So that no, that definitely that, no. well no yeah so I understand what you I didn't think about it like that yeah but may, I guess it could have been no but it, well the but the, the fire department the is part, the fire department pulls up hold on a second hold on a second the fire alarm is going off yeah the way the way the movie is set up the way the movie is set up in the script goes there's no way she's there's nothing I gotta disagree with you on this point too Chris because there's no way that's a bluff now what? we talked to the other movie well, we talked, I, I, hold on I, I don't I don't think you understand what Chris means and now actually I I actually do. Because the person that shows up to help is not a good person who may have already been going there anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what Chris means. Yeah. And no, I'm not saying he's right or wrong, but I definitely had not seen that as a possibility until yeah. now. It could be a bluff. It doesn't play out either way, though. Yeah. I mean, I... You, yeah, you and know the only I'm people that show up are, what, her? Mm-hmm. Well, her and then... But the cops are there at the end. No, you it's the not her. Car. It's it's the it's, it's the fire car. department. Yeah, there's a cop car going, uh, driving away, and two fire trucks pull in. That's, that's all you it. See. I would think we're arguing semantics at this point. I don't think well, that's... we are a little bit, but but but, no, but it, my, the point is, it definitely wasn't a bluff. The cops are on their way. That's the whole. I mean, sure, maybe, maybe not, but well, she's not dumb I, enough to leave that to chance, though. That's the thing. Is like, um, okay, anyway, let's so let's get back to the the story at hand here. Is so we have what what's what's interesting here is where all the. So we have we have kind of an isolated, secluded, you know, building which you know is so far away from help. It's you, there might as well not be any help on that planet. Period. So what we have is an interesting haunted house with a killer and victims. And you know, the interesting part is where the victims are and where the killer is, and how pieces are certain pieces are moving about and stuff like that. But let's talk about Anthony Lamb for a second. <laughs> he is insane. Uh, that we know. Sure. Do we? So Anthony Lamb is, is he one of those characters to me that is overly written the fact that he knows things he couldn't possibly know? Is, is this a care or do you guys find him believable? No, I find him believable. I mean, he's a contract killer Which and he's got a hit out for at least one person there. But <laughs> yeah. he also, he has hit on, there's a hit out on him as well as we, as we learn. I mean, I think if you're in that world, I that think that's I think occupational hazard. I think they all have hits on them in some way, shape, or form, probably. You know what I mean? I think that's a believable sure, thing. Sure, sure. Yeah. I think his character might be a little overwritten, but I think that's the point of his character, which is fine. He's the he's the chaotic element that comes into an art. He's the most chaotic element that comes into an art chaotic situation, which I think is, you know, by design. I think it's, I think it's fine. You know, just like you can suspend your disbelief where, you know, a whole police station cops gets you know taken out in one night. You can suspend your disbelief that this guy might be just that goddamn crazy in this. Sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk and about. He, he is properly trained. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like he's just some whack job coming in with like a, you know his pistol will be like bang bang. Oh, no, for he, the best. He's like ping ping ping. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. The, the the one point where he actually uses the balloon to break line of sight for a second, shooting the balloon. I thought that was a that was an interesting 
way to use that prop movie wise. So I actually like that. That was cool. pro player move, right? You know, a hundred percent pro player move. That's the only so- problem I had with the entire police department scenario was when they actually go get weapons out of the armory. Do you remember that? It only yeah. happened one time. You mean? No, not even that. It's just so everything else is keypad locked, locked down. The armory he breaks the window and walks in and yeah. unclips like seven guns. Yeah, the armory is the. Thing it's that, not locked down. Yeah, the armory is the thing not behind bulletproof glass, but the place where you hold your criminals is. Well, so that okay, yeah, so I they believe- would be there, but there would also be it there too. If, if, if in the budget of building this building came up and you were like, "Well, where do we put the the, the bulletproof glass at?" You got one room to put this. It's in. It's in like Steve's office. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's not where. <laughs> supposed to be <laughs> hell out of here yeah but, yeah, yeah, he, he but just, again though it didn't matter true yeah but it was just something that kind of irked me as like they have like you know enough bulletproof glass that it took what seven or eight clips of the the machine gun before it, it finally broke yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we have the big double like triple walled steel door that's taking the bullet straight on mm-hmm. and then he just punches out glass to steal guns. even the evidence cage was just an unlocked cage well you know, here's but... the thing though but there was a um there was a keypad to get in there yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. i can believe that a little <laughs> bit more yeah <laughs> i did appreciate the the power slide move the bag on the other side oh yeah as the guys yeah. walk i was like that's clever yeah there's bad people yeah, here there's some scummy guys well let's talk about other characters like sarge that that like that, that that poor bastard in the holding cell who just was destined to die i, I like that guy too that poor guy so let me ask you so the, let me ask you the the, the trailer be shot by a pistol later on the trailer does the trailer accurately portray what this movie is no no but I don't and that's so. okay I, th- I think that works for this movie though because you go in when I'm, expectations are one thing, and when you come out with something else, I like when things when stuff surprises me in a good or a bad way, because um, it was different than what I had thought it was going to be, and that was important to me. Yeah. Well, here's what surprised me was, and I'm glad it's a good surprise. Is you know that one of the men is going to save the day, one of them is going to be a piece of crap. Are we sure about that day. for a while? Yeah, I mean, you don't... Well, I'm going to give away the good. ending of this movie, but if it had went the opposite way, would have you been overly surprised? No. I would have been. I don't been. think I would have. It, it could have went uh, either way. I think I would have been surprised. Because, but the one thing I'm glad this movie didn't do is... So Gerard... Butler's character doesn't do what he does. Bob. <laughs> Bob Vidic. He doesn't do what he does. That's not show Bob out there. <laughs> He doesn't what the hell are you doing in there, Bob? Mess it up in there, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> he just casually waves at yeah. him with the handcuffs on. He doesn't do what he does out of like, oh, I'm going to save this cop because this is. He does what he does out of out of. He needs to team up to survive. And sure, I think, I think the the worst version of this is he grows a conscious in the end, and he ends up protecting the protecting the cop because it's the right thing to do. I, I'm kind of glad that we didn't go down that path because it's not. That's not smoking. No, anything. he's still a bad guy. Yeah, that's not this movie. Is I really like. Now I do want to circle back to the ending here in a little bit. Okay. I want to, but not yet. But like, I mean, like the last few shots I found were very interesting as well. Okay. But I don't want to do that yet. But so let's talk about Gerard Butler and the Morello, Moretto, um, in the in the in the cells. One thing I loved about this movie is it had those two men in cells for a very long time before they got out of the situation. Okay, yeah. I loved how she literally had to choose which one to give the key to. Sure. Um, 
there's so much good here, especially with writing as the element of, okay, now you've got these two guys in a room. You don't know which is bad, which is not. Maybe the writer didn't even know. Maybe as they're writing it, he, whoever wrote it, didn't quite figure it out until the end either, which is kind of a cool thing too. What I love about this is also the fact that Bob Vidic, how did he get out of his handcuffs? Do we ever come back to that? Oh, no, like she's just like, how the hell did you yeah. do that? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, let's, a... let's put a pin in that for right now. Come, come back to it. <laughs> I but, was okay with that too. Yeah. Well, it's it's one of those things where like this guy's a professional. He should know how to get out and, of cuffs. Well, it, it's like it's like he never he never seems like he's his character never seems out of place for where he's at. It's like you know when he gets out of the hands, you're like, oh okay. Like Jar Butler makes it very believable. Like that's what this guy's are. He's already one or two steps ahead of his current situation. You know, knowing he's you know knowing the timer's going to go off or what he's got planted in the evidence. Knowing he's going to murder some guy in the cell, probably he knew that the second he was in that cell with that guy, he was like, "Okay, this is this is one of my ways out." You yep. know, like it. And his character is believable in the way that this movie is written. I think the only thing he couldn't account for was yes, he could get out of those handcuffs at any time. Yeah, but he can't get the door open, True. so there's no point in showing your hand exactly, until yeah. you need to. Mm-hmm. So at least that I understand. Yeah, you know, play close to the vest. Mm-hmm. I can just lay here for a while; it's fine. Yeah. But there's also a lot of plot convenience in this too. For example, she's going to have that though. Like sure. Just, so the good cop just happens to be there right when right when he's about to kill his his uh, his uh, what do you call it a contract? Yeah. And then <laughs> she like, but he could have gotten out of that pretty easily. The Bob Vidic that we know in that movie that we spent an hour and a half with definitely could have disarmed her or killed her if he wanted to. Shit, he, he could have just left. True. I mean, honestly, yeah, that could have been a thing. But why doesn't he? Well, you got a job, dude. That's right. Got to get paid. Mm-hmm. Got to get an extra sixty-five k on top of it. <laughs> I won't say how, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, take some. Yeah, take some up to Chicago. Oh, and yeah. how big is that locker room? Yeah, I mean, it's probably shower space mm-hmm. and toilet yeah, space. It sounds for, like they're looking for a maze underground or something. Uh, at least like ten people. You'd, yeah. you'd have. You'd have a decent sized shower facility for cops and, coming and, in and off. It might shift. not be co ed. Yeah. So there don't be there don't be two sets of it. Yeah. I that's see I didn't have a problem with that either. Yeah. Well I just right. it seemed like it was I did appreciate when they're beating on the wall to break it down. He's like, Are you gonna help? He's like, We only got but one hammer, son. <laughs> He's like, Come on, Thor, make yeah. it happen. <laughs> that was funny. That was really funny. Yeah. I did appreciate that. A hot pocket with a boner. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> how I referred to him. And yes, it's very accurate. Good life. Just gonna lose some weight. Yeah. Were you happy? Why was you all slipping and sliding around on her? Yeah, a hot pocket with a boner. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I like how everybody kept on telling different people would tell that guy, "Hey, lose some weight." Huber, man, you look like shit. Yeah, <laughs> you look like shit. Huber's the worst cop ever. He's the worst person ever. Yeah, you, person. yeah, well, I mean, that's what he says when he he says when he kills Sarge. I was like, I used to be a good person. Did you though? I don't think you ever worried. Maybe. Everybody breaks. Yeah, sure. Everybody breaks for sure. Not bad for Sarge. Sarge's death. Well, he had a bad go of it. Yeah, he, he, he had a bad rap. You're gonna sit there and eat your heart attack. I'm gonna go find out what's going on. Also, Sarge, I don't think he would have. Hold on a second. Was yeah, I don't think Sarge would have. I don't think it's police protocol to go into a cell with two people. Considered to be dangerous by just going in, leaving your back exposed, and the door open. No, no, that was like, that was hundred percent plot convenience. Well, sure. but again, humans make mistakes. 
It isn't just plot. And there, there was hold on. There was a lot of things happening at yeah. that point too. Yeah, you know, with the fire going on and the you know, the smoke mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff um, happening. There's a man spitting blood right there in front of him. So <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like you know he's having a seizure. In the moment, sometimes people don't follow protocol when things are going you know ways that sure. are expected. So it's not that it's so much plot convenience where you can roll your eyes at it, but it's like, eh, okay. That's how you get from point A to point B. Well, I mean, but again, plot convenience is not a good thing. It's lazy writing, which sometimes happens in this. And I I, I get that. You can't can't have every script be amazing and always be original. And that just can't happen. But I think even saying that, though, like this works. It does work. It does. I think in a more serious movie, plot convenience stuff sticks out more. And it it, it feels more offensive, for lack of a better term. And that is not this movie. Yeah, yeah, this movie isn't serious enough for for me to be like, oh, God, here's again. Because I know I've rolled my eyes at plot convenience plenty of times. Where this movie, it's kind of, it's just, it's more lighthearted. It's more, and I'm saying that. I don't think lighthearted. I was going to say, I'm saying that as people are murdered in every turn of this movie. But like. It's just not. It doesn't take itself seriously. I think Roger and Grace, you both said that. It doesn't take itself seriously enough to where you know you really care about that 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 minute detail that gets us to another point. Well, the character of Anthony Lamb would be evidence <laughs> that the movie does not take itself too seriously. It goes by the less sinister, more friendly Tony. Tony now. Oh, yeah. I will not. Do not I, refer. I will not answer you. That I will name. not answer that name. <laughs> <laughs> I just do call him Anthony. Anthony, like, <laughs> listen to me, Anthony. I won't. I won't respond to that name. So, how pissed would you be if you were a criminal mastermind and a new criminal lackey figure out some grand scheme to get into room, you know, the room A that you need to get into, just for the guy to walk out anyway? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That would oh, piss you off. Course. Yeah. What well, well, the know, important all, part? I mean, but they knew where everyone was at that point. That was the important thing. part. Think about if Anthony Lamb, instead of reading that the magazine about Thor was in there with him, was just watching that door. Whole movie fucking falls apart. <laughs> That's plot convenience. Yeah, he would. The, the yep. cops would have seen Anthony Lamb when they when they went in the that hallway. Too. Yeah, yeah, and there would have been a very, yeah. So maybe yeah. that's to avoid maybe. that. Maybe that's why the yeah, maybe, maybe. But still, like I like how Frank Girls are just walks out. Like they could have just opened the door and everybody just could have left. Like leave them just pound yeah. out. Just- <laughs> Right out. Yeah. Well, uh, Frank Grillo's character was then out for blood because. No, no, I, I get that, yeah, but it yeah. still could have went. To, everybody's like, "Listen, True. truce. Yeah, we're always going to go our own different the three ways." Of us are going to. Well, no, but next fourteen minutes, we're not going to try to kill each other, yeah. right? Fair. Anthony, Lamb, on it? Yeah. Anthony Lamb never would let that happen, though. That's the thing. What's it when he's telling him at the end about the pirate thing? He's like, uh, "What do you call it?" Parlay. Oh, parlay. parlay. Yeah, he's like, you know, it's when pirates were. For the next few minutes, we put aside our differences to set our own mutual thing that he shoots <laughs> at. <laughs> well, I mean, I, let me ask you: When I guess there's, I mean, there's no way to talk about the movie without talking about the fate of Anthony Lamb. Does that make you happy? Yeah, I mean, he's a shitbag. Yeah, I mean, he was my comedic entertainment during this movie. Doesn't mean doesn't mean what happened to him that he didn't have coming. Yeah, <laughs> sad about Anthony Lamb's. You know, demise. I would like to know more about him. What happened in his life he up a, to this he movie? A prequel movie? Yes, I think I think I'd watch that. Where he kills, me, where he kills that wife and child, and leaves him in the runoff. I mean, let's not. Go I mean, that we don't have to go that, that <laughs> dark. I mean, I bet you he's got way more fun and exciting things yeah. that happen to him. I'm sure he kills people with some wacky zany ways to get out of there. You know, yeah, with balloons maybe. Who oh, knows? Yeah, at least. 
I don't want to like make this guy a hero though, which is what a show about him does. Like Dexter is kind of a hero, isn't he? Not kind of. Is yeah, but I mean, he still kills people. So mm. yeah, plenty of movies about mob bosses and things like that. Yep. shows and stuff that are showrunners. So you no, know, it's possible. We're about to watch one in two weeks. The Saints of real scumbags that are you know glorified in some way. I mean, the film aspect. Technically, Breaking Bad is that entire thing. That dude is a bad person. Yes, <laughs> a very bad person. <laughs> Walter White. Yes. Yes. The other guy. Well, they're Jesse, all bad. Like Jesse you know. Pinkman is also a bad person. <laughs> So, yes. Jesse Pinkman. Jeez, what an idiot. Hey, <laughs> I, 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 I got 30 bucks worth of Funyuns for us. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to eat. That's what you bought for us to eat for the next week. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, so fucking proud of himself. <laughs> idiot. Oh, I'm going to have to rewatch that show. That, was, man, that, that show was like... That's a hell of a show, man. Hell of a show. It leaves you on edge every episode, too. Holy All right. Fuck. What else we got to go over about? All right. Let's talk about Act 3. Okay. Well, let's talk. Yeah, okay, fine. Act three is fine. Chris, you lead it off. You seem to be excited about this. Uh, so I'm actually not excited about act, about act three. So act three is where I have my main problem with the movie. Okay, I feel like this movie could have ended a little sooner. That's the first thing. There's there's points here where they could have cut some stuff out, but in act three, I feel like this movie takes the takes the only wrong turn really that it does, and that this be it, this tries to be more of an action movie in this moment than it actually is. And it kind of pulls me out of the vibe that would be set the entire time leading up. We're talking like the staircase and stuff? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like all that. It's like. It's different. It's different than the rest of the movie. You are correct. It's almost like they had like like, like, like $20 million of budget to use. They're like, well, let's set some shit on fire and blow some stuff up. Like that's all I can think because it just, it just feels so out of place for me. You think it feels that far out of place though? Because I understand it is different than the rest of the movie. I still kind of, I'm still okay with this. Hold on, hold on. But what that does is you're talking about the scene when he's like eating food and she's sitting right there and then like you see the fire in the stairwell and is that what you're talking about? When they're shooting it out in the middle. Yeah. But that's that's, that's when it starts though. But I mean, that's very Smoke and Aces. That's very Joe Carnahan to set set up an act with having two people literally face off against each other, you know, putting the camera like one person on the left side of the frame, then you put the other person... Really tied to the right side of the frame, literally facing off against one each other. Well, that's fine. But that's his thing, but that doesn't make it right for the movie. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't think it didn't. I thought it was. I don't think it's out of place like you think it is. I mean, I, 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 don't know, I feel like it is. I'm kind of with Roger on this one. Yeah, I, I listen. It is different than the rest of the movie. I just, I don't look at it as a negative thing. Yeah. That's that's all. It just, she's it's, she's yeah. like, you were going to come back for me after you ate this food and set the building on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good dialogue. <laughs> That, that's that, right. He's like, yeah, 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 and he just keeps eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I don't like is the weird ex, like the whole ex machina moment. Right, bef- and then right before that, there was this "I'm here" and for a twist for a second, and then it just it's done. The girl yeah, but I was up. okay with that too, though, because I was like, "Yep, good." Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's just like it's she's. It's like all of a sudden there's a character's like, "I'm here." And it's bad for you. Bad and, for him. And then she's dead. Like, it just, it just doesn't make any It's like, why? Why even do that? Just let it go. Like, cool. We well, I think if you let that go, you shouldn't have set the scene up to start with. Because they definitely set it up beforehand with that was going to come into play. Yeah, well, uh, then make it be more packed for a bigger moment. You know, something. But we you know what, though? I, I appreciated how it went down. Like, yeah, yeah, this is blah, then bam. <laughs> bad dude 13 shows up. Bad 
bad dude 13 dies. Like, no, but then <laughs> you talk about cutting stuff Should out. Should have been standing there. You yeah. talk you talk about cutting it out. Then if you cut that out, then you can cut out the entire scene where she's talking to someone on the phone. Yeah, so that's why, yeah. Yeah, that's just like three minutes you can cut out. The information you get from that, though, is relevant, and but and, and that could still be relevant without her showing up. Well, I mean, they also, I mean, here, I'm going to do the thing where if they done it this way, it'd be completely different. Right. They could have had her show up after he left. True. And then it is a different ending. Yeah. All right. That's but yeah, they didn't. So you can set up, you can set up cop shop the second coming. So hold on, hold on. So let me let me jokingly ask that question. Yeah. If there ever was a second cop shop movie, would you be in on it? Because I would. Well, only only uh, as long as this got at least Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler in it for me to see. And well, I prefer to have. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Her and, as and, well. And leave, yeah. Sorry. Hold on, hold on. And Joe Carnahan has to be the guy that makes it. Sure, yes, of course. Because this is let me look. Yeah, he should be. Yeah. Because I mean, he brings the magic that makes Smoking Aces work, that makes this sure. work. You know, I mean, he's the yeah. guy that makes it work. So let's be. And there were so many people in Smoking Aces. Oh God, there's so, so many, many characters. People. Yeah, that was like Chris Pine in like 2006. Yeah, oh, Ryan Reynolds is in that movie too. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is Reynolds in that yeah. movie? He's the cop. Ray Liotta. Like, yeah. Um, oh yeah, I, I'm, I remember Alicia Keys. And yeah, a few other ones, but yeah, I forgot. Dude, you, there's movie. like, hold on, Taraji Henderson in that movie. Hold on, Aces. There's so many people in Smoking Aces. The cast list is huge. Common is there? Yeah, there's a ton of people. Hold on, I'm gonna read you. The, okay, okay. Common. Jer- the, oh yeah, we forgot about Jeremy Piven as the best. The oh, yeah, boss. Him. Hold on, okay. Jeremy Piven, Ryan Reynolds, Ray Liotta. Um, Ray Liotta, yeah. Um, Alex Rocco. Wayne Newton, Ben Affleck, I forgot he was in it. Oh, he's in that movie. Peter Berg, um, Martin Henderson, Common, Andy Garcia, I forgot about him too. Yeah, Andy Garcia, um, sure. Alicia oh, yeah. Keys, Taraji P. Henson. Now, this is before like a lot of people were the people they are today as well. So that's, and I, I got to go on to like the additional cast and crew, but yeah, uh, let's look at that. Yeah, I know Chris, Chris Pine was in it, Kevin Durand. Uh, yeah, big cast, huge cast yeah. for the time. Fun movie. I have to watch that again sometime. Jason Bateman. I forgot he was in that too. Yeah. Matthew Fox. <laughs> oh, he was the guy that was like that weird security guy that like yep. got stabbed in the elevator with those metal things. Yeah. Holy crap, it just keeps going. But yeah, that's but that's the whole thing with you know, we talk about certain directors and how they bring a certain style to the Carnahan, I think, is kind of pigeon toed himself into these weird shoot 'em up type situation movies. But if that's your bread and butter, if that's what works for you, why stop doing it? You know? I mean, uh, give me all of them. <laughs> yeah. Fine. That's kind of what I'm saying. Now let's talk about some things that, just quickly before we score it, what didn't work for you in Cop Shop? The third act for me. You think the whole third act? Not no. the whole third act. Just how how big and action and like like eight like 90s action movie it got all of a sudden like i said i like the vibe of the movie all the way to that point i i'm okay with what happens in the third act obviously i just don't like how like how just like over overblown it was for some reason it just didn't fit the, the, the feeling that i was i had i got you to that point sure um well i guess something for me that i'll mention i didn't like it's not that i didn't like it as much as i don't really understand how it, like it went out so think about in the beginning when he's trying when um he's trying to get arrested and like they pull up to this like casino and there's like 30 people in a wedding party fighting in the parking lot. Yeah. 
what the hell is going on there? <laughs> right? He comes running out of nowhere and just blasts this cop upside her head. He's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. And then she repeatedly takes oh, no, no, no. So, I appreciated so, that. So she, he sucker punches her. And he's like, sorry, I didn't mean to lean into it. Yeah. 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 So I just... I don't know if that's a bad thing, but I'm like, what in the hell is going on? I think here? that's the whole, you know, like, hey, the cops are here for this reason, kind of. Thing. Yeah. He stumbles. It. He's like, he's, he's like trying to find a cop, and it's like, oh, thank God, and like all this is happening. They're pulled for the scene. How long had he been running? Well, who knows? Because well, listen, it wasn't dark when he started running. True. It was definitely <laughs> dark when they picked him up. Yep. Grayson, what about you? I guess I don't like all the plot conveniences. Okay. But I mean, it's hard to do a movie like this without plot conveniences. Because, I mean, when you have a movie with – you have a what looks to be the biggest police station of all time and you have a few people left alive and, like, there's moving pieces, you have to, like – what's to stop them from leaving the room when they're in the bathroom and then just hiding? Done. Movie's over. Fiend. You know, it's like you, you, you have to keep them from certain things. You have, you, have, you have to keep the final shootout from happening until you're ready for it. So you, you have to keep your characters away from each other long enough. And when they do meet each other – you have to somehow put an obstacle in between them that acts as a acts as a temporary. More guns. That's the thing. It's like I mean, as much as I enjoy these movies, I I don't enjoy all the plot convenience that comes with them. But okay. is that, so is that fair to say? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I get it. But I mean, deal. overall, I liked. I really enjoyed. I mean, going from last week to not even knowing what Cop Shop was to this, you know, what I mean, like I didn't know. I mean, saw a trailer, but that was pretty much it. Sure, Butler so, says it. He's a great, crazy motherfucker, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I guess. Okay. This is the. This is the. You know, the whole. I wanted to see. I. I like when good triumphs over evil. Part of me, but I would you also liked, like when evil triumphs over evil. Well, something, something, <laughs> something I didn't think about that I wanted to see was maybe when he, when he does come to, like I wanted there to be some kind of like. He tells her. I'm doing it because I need to get paid and kill my contract. But nah. the actions that we do that we see can can convey that he's doing it because he doesn't want to see another officer killed. And like nah. I kind of kind of wanted that part of him, but he is a bad. Like I keep forgetting that he is a bad dude. Also, yeah. You know, and, and, and one thing I didn't, one thing I never picked up on was, and I didn't. I only watched the movie once, so was those times when he was having those hearts to hearts, for example, with um, Moreto's character. Well, Moreto when he's like. Who killed my family? He's like it, it was Lamb. Like, did he have both hands on the on the other side of the? Did he have both hands on the bar when he was like had his face in between the bars, having the hard heart with that guy? I didn't no. recognize that, which means he wasn't handcuffed. Well, he wasn't handcuffed till the end. The bars are close together. You, you yeah, but one to... one hand was handcuffed to the other side of it. He couldn't have had both hands on the bar. But I don't know if you were supposed to recognize that, or I'm just remembering it differently. It, you might be. Okay, but that'd have been an interesting thing. I can't comment on that because I don't remember. Yeah. I like how the fact we never return to the fact that he just knows how to get out of handcuffs. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, but you don't have to explain everything. Yeah. I would have liked to have him be the engineer of the whole thing, the architect of yeah. keeping her safe and also trying to kill who needs to kill. But that's the that's like the 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 good guy hearted me is I want to well, see that happen. I'll say something semi controversial that fact. Like if you'd have gunned her down at the end and just walked out, I kind of would have been okay with yeah. that too. Yep. Well, I would have been 
See, I wouldn't have. You been know okay what I mean? I wouldn't have been okay. That that's just that's. Not I know okay. it would have pissed you off, but like it wouldn't have been outside the context of the rest of the movie. No, it would. It would have been right in line with the rest of the movie. That's one of those moments in the movie where like where like it makes you angry, but that like like that's like the, <laughs> well, that, that's what shit. you want. That's what you want from cinema, though, right? You want it to pull an emotion. That's the well shit moment. Yeah. Huh. It's like, oh, that asshole! Huh. Shit. I, and it makes you not like that leaves. character all of a sudden. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, you almost like the guy, and then it's like, oh, come on, dude. Well, what I was oh, man. Well, now, the, now that I know the ending, I kind of, thinking back, maybe, like, a, if he's going to act as her protector, kind of, helping her get out of the situation because he needs to get out of it also, and he needs her alive to get out of it. Then, Until he doesn't need her alive then, anymore. Then, in the end, you have them face off, and, you know, he somehow wins whatever tussle they have, and then you know, empties the other four rounds into the air and then says, if I wanted to kill you, I'd have done it. If you follow me, bring your A game. And of course she does. And then I kind of like, that could be the, okay, now we're in, now we're in this, now we're doing this, you know, which is kind of the question I want to ask you. How did you guys take the last, you know, 30 seconds? I'm fine with it. It's whatever. No, no, but yeah. how did you interpret it as what's happening? He's what, gonna she's going to, she's going to go after him. He's going to go get paid. She's going to follow him. Okay. That's exactly how, I mean, I wonder if that was if there was something more to it, or like that's kind of what I took away from. Yeah, the top shop too, bro. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Top shop too. The record. Now, what do you, <laughs> Chris? You're again, shopping for you, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is Chris. Your your week two of amazing sequel titles continues. That's right. Um, we have Malignant two, the the second tumor, and then we have Cop Shop two, the reckoning. Uh, right. Now, how that's likely do you think? Me. How likely? <laughs> how likely it is? Do you think we get a sequel? Yeah, uh, I, I less than fifty percent, yeah, probably. I don't, yeah, I don't say below fifty. I would say there's probably no, 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 no chance we get a sequel. I mean, listen, I just, I would be okay if there was. That's all. Yeah. If 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 we saw we saw a trailer in in a year of it shows the very last scene that we see of those two driving, and that's the opening of the trailer. I'm not, I'm not, not excited. You know what I mean? <laughs> True. It's like, all right, cool. Where, where are we going? You know, I'm not gonna be shocked. All right, now the moment of truth. What I've been, what I'm very excited about is. Let's rate Cop Shop. Let's score it on a scale of 10. Who wants to go first? I would like if I could go last. I'll go first. Okay. Okay. So this movie is fun. Um, I had more fun with it than I thought I would. The the vibe for most of the movie, like, absolutely pulled me in. I was, I love the characters involved. I like the, the zany craziness of Anthony. I like. Goes by Tony now. Anthony. (laughs) I like, I like Frank Grillo's character. I like that whole scumbaggy kind of. Kind of like, you know, trying to be a good person, but ends up just not giving a shit about anybody. I like that. And he played it really well. I love um, the lead and uh, what's his name? Butler's character. I I had a good time with it. Um, This is a six and a half for me. It's a cool movie. I can recommend it to people that like this style of movie or really like any of the characters that are involved in in this. And I had a good time. Six and a half. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I'm not going to be too far off of that. Uh, I did enjoy most of this movie. Um it probably could have been a little bit shorter and been the same amount of impactfulness for me. But I think this movie is just slightly above average. Um, I would love to see a second one. So I was going to go with a six. So I would recommend this to most people. If you get a chance to check out Cop Shop, if you're into that sort of shoot 'em up sort of thing, you'll probably dig this movie. So six. All right, boys. I am going to go. I'm going to go seven. Whoa. I like Damn. Cop Shop. I, this. I like Cop Shop a lot. I like Carnahan's style of telling As much as you like the Joker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I like Carnahan's way of approaching a story. I liked, like Chris said, I loved Frank Grillo and Grillo and um, Gerard Butler. I love those two characters. I thought the 
um, Alexis Louder as Valerie Young was a slam dunk. She is phenomenal in this movie. Uh, she is by all she should be an action star after this. Should be. Um, I like where this went. I, I kind of I guess there was one element I didn't like. It was like Anthony Lamb was almost to me fits in that category of trying to be too clever, trying to be too funny. You know when he's like like licking the glass like, and Gerard Butler's like, there's a difference. That's a psychopath. <laughs> I'm not a psychopath. That guy's a psychopath. Um, I guess I don't like the plot conveniences, but overall, I think the package is solid. I think it's a fun, watchable movie that if you don't like this kind of movie, you're not going to be into it anyway. So I think seven. Seven for me is where it sits. I, I got to say seven. Okay. Fine. So we're not too far apart. Not Pretty close on top shot. All right. This has been, let's see where we're at time wise. This is an hour and oh, 50 minutes. <laughs> we are going deep, boys. All right. This has been episode 245 of Fourth Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service. You have a choice of the following five iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I'm Chris Blunt. Don't forget to check us out on the Facebooks. We're always there too. And check us out on YouTube. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at the musical Dear Evan Hansen and the Netflix original The Starling with Melissa McCarthy, which is kind of getting mixed reviews. You're a starling. You're a mixed review. Woo!